This is the MLW Radio Network. This is Front Row Material with ECW legends Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck. Here is your host, Mike Freeland. All right, guys, I do apologize for the uh, the delay. It is 9.04. It is Tuesday night. We are so thankful that you are once again joining us for Front Row Material Live. My name is Mike Freeland, but I think you're already aware that I am filling in for the guys who are still out. We have gotten an update on Mikey. Uh, that time frame should be shortening, and uh, our good friend, Mr. Jerry Lynn, he should be coming back as well. However, I'm going to be holding the fort down, but I am not by myself. This week, I'm going to be joined by my esteemed panel, uh, the writ, Mr. Boog himself, uh, Liam Savage, and I hope, hope, hope we can get Mr. Mike Unit to talk a little New Japan wrestling. But right now, let me go ahead and bring in the writ and our special guest. He is an AEW star and a wrestling star in general from all walks of the world. His name is Alex Reynolds. You probably know him from the Dark Order. Uh, what is going on, Alex? Thanks for having uh, for coming on this week. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So let me let me ask you this question, Alex. So. How does it feel right now? I mean, you guys are finally starting to get back into doing uh, some crowds, and I think that probably feels really good. Tell me what that's like having to work through the the pandemic, because I know that had to have been really frustrating for a performer. It is. So, man, like, it's one of those you work your whole career to get to a place where you're wrestling in front of packed arenas, and that's what we were doing. You know, every Wednesday night we'd be in a new city in front of a live hot crowd thousands of people and it was like this was it this was the dream and then boom done taken away uh, yeah that that's so, that's gotta be difficult yeah it was uh because we went you know our first show in jacksonville was was no fans and that's like Brody's debut, Matt Hardy's debut. So it was like, it was so weird because just the week before we were in front of like a rowdy crowd in Salt Lake City. Um, so it was like a long, long year of like, you know, hey, we got a little bit of fans and it was great, but you have a little bit of fans in this big arena. So like you feel a little bit of their energy, but it's still, you know, not, not, not the a, same. Yeah. But I will say that we just did the uh, our first ever house show last Friday uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, I don't know how many people were there, but it was the first time I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of people. Like, it looked well uh, stocked, if you will, with rabid fans. And, like, Dark Order was the first team out there. And, like, just hearing their energy, it got me jacked up. You know, we've had fans for pay-per-views and dynamites, but I don't know, something about the house show on Friday got everybody super, super jacked up and made them miss full arenas even more. But it was a good, it's a step in the right direction. It's one of those things where I guess, you know, you don't really think about it when it's a very commonplace thing. You know, like you mentioned before, 
new city every week, new great crowd. You just become accustomed to it. And when it's taken away from you, that is a big, you know, it's the, it's the 12th man. And there's a lot to be said for that when it comes to sports teams and athletes like yourselves. How much do you use the crowd as far as to get yourself, like you said before, pumped up, but how does that emotion play a factor for you when you're in there? Uh, man, it's huge. It, like you get somewhat of an, an adrenaline rush, like going out and like physically wrestling, you know, but when that crowd is with you and just kind of, uh, either cheering you, like giving you any type of reaction, it just shoots that adrenaline like 10 times more into your body. Uh, so like, I'll, like, it's weird to say, and I kind of hate admitting this, but there were some times during like the beginning of the pandemic where it's like, Oh man, like I got to psych myself up. Like I'm about to be on television because you don't have that roar of the crowd. Right. Um, so it's, you have to like, I've, I've learned, and I'm sure everybody else on the roster has learned how to kind of, uh, motivate yourself and get yourself mentally focused and pumped up for a match without the crowd. So now having that crowd, it's man. So, so easy. Now you hear one genuine reaction and you're like all perked up and ready to go. So it's a shot in the arm that you, you realize it's, it's so needed not only for confidence, but to get back into your routine because I think we'd all agree. It's not really been a routine. It's been a forced routine, but it hasn't been the routine that really you would go through to prepare yourself for a match. Yeah. And we've come, a lot of people have come back from matches. Like, is that, was that good? Like, I don't know. You know, like I think it was because there's not that immediate reaction to whatever you're doing. Uh, So yeah, we, all of us will never take crowds granted for granted again. Because having them taken away for this long is just—it's—it's killed us, you know. So, uh, talking to Jerry and Mikey, you know, they do things differently. Like, how how do you prepare for a match? Do you like? Are you type of the guy that okay, we're gonna go out and do this, 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 and this, or do you actually are one of the ones that actually go out there and work off the crowd? Um. You know, uh, it, it depends on the situation. If it's somebody I've wrestled, you know, before and we kind of know each other, then I'll, you know, how it'll be a looser structure. Uh, if it's someone that I haven't wrestled before, um, yeah, sometimes you want to kind of make sure you got something locked down, especially, uh, you know, a lot of our roster and myself included, I'll put myself on the top of that list, you know, a lot of us aren't. Uh, super experienced wrestling for television and it's a whole different animal um, with time cues and commercial breaks and you know uh, shows running long shows running short you know you got to make adjustments so uh, in that case sometimes having like a hey you know we have this this is going to be good in this allotted amount of time Uh, but normally you know towards the end when I was doing indies, like having like a looser structure was, it was so much more fun, especially with people that I felt confident could, you know, I wouldn't have to really worry about. 
when it comes to to work and you know what do you feel like is is your calling card would you say when somebody comes to go see an Alex Reynolds match what do you feel like is you know what I want to see this is there something in particular in your repertoire that a lot of people have come to know you by um I got a pretty mean hair flip I'll tell you that <laughs> Um, I've, I've really been, the biggest thing I've kind of been doing lately is a, uh, small package driver. It's a very, nice. uh, underrated, underutilized move. Um, that I've kind of been busting out now that since John's been injured, I've been doing a couple more singles matches. Um, so I've been, been busting that out. And then when me and John are teaming, uh, we do, uh, it's called the dark destroyer. It's a double flipping DDT. So that's pretty wild. So there's a lot of things that I want to cover here with you because you have sure. experience in a lot of places like CCW, Evolve, uh, PWG, um, Combat Zone Wrestling. Let me ask you this question here. We know a lot of places like that did kind of uh, follow on the heels of ECW, mm-hmm. um, which obviously Jerry and Mikey had spent quite a lot of time in and had built great names for themselves. Do you feel like you were, as a fan, were you a big ECW guy yourself, or were you more WWE, or where did you really fall um, when you were watching? Uh, So, as a kid, definitely more WWE. Um, And then, once I started getting older, so around like 98, 99, 2000, I was like 13... 12, 13. Oh God, I feel uh, so old right now. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's when I started to really hear about ECW. Um, so I didn't, I, you know, all of like the earlier stuff, like the 96 and like, I wasn't, I was kind of too young for that. Um, but once I found ECW, I absolutely like WWE was always number one, but I loved ECW. Um, so like, you know, seeing Jerry and Mikey and, the Dudleys and Rob Van Dam and Sabu just, it, it, it blew my mind and it just, it made me realize, Oh wow, there's more. I didn't realize other than like WWE and WCW, you know, I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's it. And then ECW came in and it just knocked me on my ass. I was like, this is unlike either of those places. Um, so yeah, I, I, and then I had to go back and watch all of the old, old school ECW stuff. Um, and that was kind of like also the perk of training with Mikey is we would always try to, if practice was getting a little too hard, like, Hey Mikey, what about this story? How was, how was this person? And we always try to like get him to <laughs> take a little break and have him tell a story or two. Nice. Um, it's, it's funny when you mentioned ECW, I've had many conversations with Jerry about this and, uh, it almost felt like it was, it was like Fight Club, mm-hmm. like it was that dirty, grungy thing that you weren't supposed to be seeing. But when you turned the TV on and you watched it, it was very voyeuristic. Yeah, and it it made the believability with everybody doing everything they did. And we recently had Sabu on, and we were talking to him, and he eats, sleeps, and breathes it. I mean, I'm sure every wrestler does, but there's something different about that he didn't care necessarily about money or tv it was in his family the original chic so 
yeah, ECW for a lot of people was was real because it had a different feel to it. It didn't have yeah. that strong production feel to it. Yeah, if it had the production value of WWE or WCW, like no matter what they did, it still just wouldn't gel as much as it did with that grittiness and the dirtiness of it. Like that's what it needed. It fitted the production fit like the style of the company. Um, yeah, I, I still go back and watch. What did I just watch? I want to say maybe two days ago, I watched uh, Lance Storm and Just Incredible against RVD and Jerry Lynn. You can't it was beat like that. Heat, why, heat, it was some heat wave. I don't know if it was 98 or 99, but it was wild. So good. It was heat wave 99. Yeah, so good. Like, oh, man. And, and, and we're going to talk about our, our good friend Jerry Lynn in a few moments here, but any funny Mikey Whipwreck stories uh, that you've come across, any funny things or unique things that you know you, you remember from, from working with Mikey and getting to know him as a person? Um, man, so I one of my favorite Mikey stories is uh, – so I was always, like, terrified of Mikey, you know, he was, I was 19 when I started training and like, this is Mikey Whipwreck. So like, I was just terrified. Like, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to get him angry. Uh, you know, I need to focus and make sure of it. Uh, and I remember, I remember like a couple months in, um, something like pissed him off and he just took this really nice watch he had and just threw it against the wall and just snapped. And I was like, oh my God, like I never want to upset this man because he just terrifies me um so like i can we always joked about how when he would train me he would show me something and i would do it right the first time so much so that it would it would then i'm like oh i'm doing good because i'm not upsetting him but right. i would do it right the first time and it would just keep pissing him off that i wouldn't mess up he's like this piece of shit just won't <laughs> um so then I remember, I think I got like, we were learning how to get like thrown out of the ring and I, I got thrown through the middle and top rope and like my foot clipped the top rope and I like stumbled down. And he just started dying laughing. He's like, yeah, that's right. Mess it up. You can't do everything right. I was like, oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> Gosh. Um, it- and then the, for the first time I wrestled him, uh, all I had ever heard was how light Mikey is. Oh, you're in great hands. So I go, oh, this is going to be easy. So we do a little promo to start the match. And uh, he's like, oh, we're going to have a match. He's like, we're going to have a hardcore match. Drops the mic and just punches me as hard as he can in the head. (laughs) He hit me so hard. I went down and I was like, he gets on top. He's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, my God. Everything else was fine. Yeah, he's like, we get to the back. He's like, oh, my footing. Like, it was just, I was starting off. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, Jesus, Mike. But yeah, he, <laughs> clocked, he clocked me so, like, right in the head. I was like, wow. man, I think everybody's lying. Well, it, it, it's funny. When he was telling me how he was trained, it was um, it was different. The, the early ECW days, it was everybody laid him in. It was oh, he, yeah. what he told me, yeah. And Wow. But I mean, to get to get his stamp of approval is is a big thing. I can tell you that. Yeah, no, um, that was always like uh, I'm very happy the timing worked out and that uh, 
John Silver and I were the last ones like fully trained hands-on by Mikey. Um, he was, he just drilled, drilled things into our head. It's not just little things, um, just footwork and basic positioning, you know, things that like people come up to me and be like, Oh wow. Like your footwork is so good. Like you're so smooth. And that's all attributed to Mikey. Let me ask you this and uh, not to put you on the spot or anything like this. Would you agree somebody like Mikey deserves and belongs to be in some type of mentorship role with young and upcoming wrestlers? We were talking about that either last week or maybe like two weeks ago. Um, A bunch of us at AEW were like, man, Mikey, he deserves to be somewhere as a producer, trainer, something. 100%. I couldn't agree more with that. I can tell you for a fact, um, you know, Mikey has his his tough guy image. But then when I'm on the phone with him, uh, he told me that the last several years of doing this show, he says, I get emotional when I watch my kids. He goes, I cannot begin to tell you it means more to me to see them succeed than any ECW championship. Um, anything that has happened to me is to see these guys do so well and that I was at least able to be a part of it in some way. So he is very humble. Um, I know our audience probably isn't used to that, but on the, on the backside in phone calls, he could not be more proud of you guys. And uh, it just shows you the type of character he is. He's a, he's a good, good human being. Oh yeah. He's the best, the absolute best. Um, Let me ask you this. So you've been kind of all over the place and so CZW, tell me a little bit about how you ended up there, what your experience was like, and uh, was it uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle? Um, I think overall, uh, my experience with CZW was probably, a, it was a, I'd say a thumbs up. Um, it didn't start out that way, and uh, we did like some, I did some tryout uh that they were having and then we got asked to do like a four-way pre-show match and it was just one of those like if some if something can go wrong it will go wrong right Uh, i forgot to bring my gear like my tights so i had to borrow somebody's tights um the first three seconds of the match and this was at the ecw arena uh so it's like old school ccw fans um the, their first lockup happens three seconds into the match and a fan stands up and goes, this match fucking sucks. And I go, Oh wow. Okay. Oh my God. We haven't done anything. Uh, I slipped on a moon. like, it was just, it was just garbage. Um, so yes, I wasn't asked back <laughs> for a while. Um, and then I ended up doing, uh, Tommy dreamers house of hardcore show. Um, and I wrestled Tony Nice and Mikey was actually the guest referee. Uh, and after the show, DJ Hyde came to me and he was like, Hey, uh, you know, you look great. You changed things up. Like, that's awesome. We want to bring you in for CZW. So I go, okay, cool. And uh, I was kind of, I did like one or two months, just single stuff. And then they're like, Hey, we want to bring John in. Do you guys want to do a team? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we got teaming, ended up winning the CZW tag titles. Um, which like I don't care what everybody what everybody says about CCW, uh, it was and always will be like 
a main place to go if you're an indie wrestler. Sure. Uh, just based on the history, everybody that's gone through there, you know, uh, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, uh, you know, Cesaro, Chris Hero, like all these like main guys. Um, so it was definitely a place I always wanted to go. Um, so it was literally, I was there from 2013 to when I got signed to AEW pretty much in 2019, you know, a couple start stops there. Um, but like DJ gave us a lot of, uh, creative freedom, you know, he'd be like, Hey John, you're going to wrestle Dan Barry and Bill Carr at case of death. And then we just went and shot these silly vignettes of them trying to arrest us because we were breaking these like little laws. Uh, and it just got, got going and, you know, um, picked up some steam and then they wanted to split me and John up. And I was like, Hey, I want to do this handsome devil character. And, you know, I want to do this and have this guy as my manager. And he's like, yeah, go, go do it. That sounds great. You know? So it was a great place. Like, go try things, see what works, see what doesn't. Um, so I'll always like have a special place in my heart for CZW. Let me ask you this, you know, CZW, I know a lot of people, you know, are familiar with it, obviously with John Zandig and um, Neko Butcher. What is your take on, and I know it has a special place for you, with the light tubes and the ultraviolence, I know sometimes that turns people off. How would you describe CZW to somebody who may not be familiar with their product? And how would you convince them to, to give that opportunity to watch that because i know sometimes that can be kind of tough to watch just because it, it can be ultra violent what's your take on that if you're selling it man like it is it is tough and it's it's a hard thing to sell to a lot of people those people that love deathmatch wrestling love it and will fight you on it because they're so passionate about it and like these guys a they're usually just the sweetest guys so like even I would watch that and I would just be like, oh man, like my friends are just like they're gonna get hurt, you know. Um, so I always felt weird. I was always blown away because it's I have a lot of respect for people that do something that I can't and won't do. Um, but like I like they literally love that style of wrestling so much that they're willing to just do whatever it takes to entertain people. Um, so like their passion blows me away. Um, do I like watching it? No, not so much just cause like I know these guys and I just, I just want them to be okay. Um, but it is, it, it is something that, you know, it's tough. It is a tough sell for people. Um, but I guess if you were to try to sell it, you just say, okay, these guys are so passionate about this style of wrestling. Like you have to see what they're willing to do to entertain people. Right. No, I mean, I agree with you completely. Um, whenever I see CCW, uh, obviously Nick Mondo definitely comes to mind as well. Um, any interactions or any memories of, uh, of with Nick? I only met Nick once. He did like a return at, uh, at a cage of death. Um, 
And it was probably just like a hi, you know, quick little thing. I probably had more interactions with him at AEW than because uh, he was doing like some camera work for us, like when we were traveling and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, his documentary that I watched on Amazon Prime is fantastic. Really good. So yes. good. Um, you know, obviously, stops in CZW. Evolve Wrestling has always been something that's I've been very, very curious about. Great wrestling out of that promotion. And now people can, well, I, I used to be able to say people can see Evolve if you uh, you have the network. Um, but as we know, the, the network isn't what it once was. Maybe it will become something different in the future. But tell me about Evolve. What was that like working with them? And what kind of connections had you made there? Um, Evolve was was a really cool experience, especially like that, the early evolves that we did. Um, I think we were doing like evolve 10 might've been my first one. Um, so like we, I think we got that through like, uh, Chuck Taylor and, um, a couple other guys, but it was, it was cool. Cause it's just one of those like bigger independent companies. So you kind of look at the map, and the East Coast is so blessed because there's so many big independent wrestling companies kind of in the whole area. You know, I mean, Ring of Honor was around here, CZW, and then Evolve came in. Um, and then, you know, Jersey All Pro was a huge one at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you kind of work your way around and you look at your, you look at the map and you're like, okay, if I'm going to create buzz for myself, where do I need to go? You know, I need to go to CCW. I need to go to Evolve, Chikara, um, you know, uh, Ring of Honor, Limitless in Maine. You know, there's all these newer ones now that, you know, so you kind of look and see, all right, in order to get my name out there, I need to go here, here, here. So Evolve was definitely one of those stops. And, um, you know, we did like maybe, I did maybe like six months at Evolve at first. Um, me and Evolve just kind of never clicked that much um it wasn't anything specific i just kind of i think i was trying to be like a wrestler too much like just like because i thought that's what they were looking for um yeah i remember doing at one time doing uh in a match like a running shooting star press and Sammy Callahan coming up to me afterwards, and he's like, you got to stop doing that. I was like, why? It's cool. He's like, yeah, that's great. He's like, but can you do it better than, like, Ricochet or Rich Swan? No. Yeah, then you shouldn't be doing it. Oh, jeez. So I was like, no. But he was 100% right. Like, you know, these you have Ricochet doing a running shooting star press, and then you have me, who's nowhere near as athletic as Ricochet. Like, but it's, he had a point. It's like, Hey, like there are these top high flyers, maybe not trying not to do crazy high flying moves if they're not as good. Cause you're just going to look less than, um, wow. That's yeah. interesting. So I think I was just, I think, yeah, I just, they just didn't ever really click for me there. Um, you know, we had come back maybe in like 2000, the beginning of 2019, we did like a four-way tag. Um, and then we kind of just did little shots here and there. And 
it was just never, never there for us. I don't know. Like, I, I think it was just maybe my style of wrestling. I don't know. Um, but like, I love them. I loved all, like, we had great matches there. Um, we wrestled, uh, Leon Ruff and AR Fox, like WrestleMania weekend. It was a blast. So good. Um, so yeah, I had a great time at Evolve, but yeah, it's just never really, I never felt like an Evolve guy. No, that makes sense. I mean, it, it, sometimes you just feel like you never get a chance to get into a groove. You never really get a chance to really get your feet established. Yeah, and... I think I was in, in my head too much, like just thinking of what what I can do for what I think they want instead of working to my strengths, you know? So I might have often asked this question. So being a school teacher, it, it's interesting because I think there are some parallels to wrestling. Um, when you first start out teaching, you're not the teacher you obviously will become or you will evolve into. You'll learn your certain teaching style and you'll learn how to a- interact with your students and whatnot. At what point did you feel like you really started to evolve into the performer you are today? Was there a definitive moment when you were like, well, I really feel like everything's gelling. Like this feels different than it did before. Um, there were a couple, a couple points like that uh, throughout my career where I'd say like there was a big one right when probably that house of hardcore show with Tommy dreamer. You know, uh, me and Nice were just these two kind of no-name guys. He had done a little TNA, um, and we just kind of blew it away and just just tore it up. Um, truly my favorite opponent. And, like, you know, everybody, we came back, everybody loved the match. Uh, Dreamer's like, you guys are on every show I do from here on out. And it was just like, like I felt like my confidence was super high at that point, and I knew what I was doing, you know what I wanted to do. Um, and that carried over into like, uh, teaming with John and getting going with, you know, Beaver boys and winning the CZW tag titles, going to PWG and it was good. And then I felt like there was just a little bit of a lull around like 2017, 2018, um, where I just kind of lost like my, sense i didn't realize it then but looking back i can kind of realize it uh and then the beginning of 2019 when i started kind of you know i was like all right maybe we shouldn't team anymore i'll do my own thing came up with this cool little handsome devil character started throwing fireballs around uh and then i was like all right like i'm i was feeling it and my confidence was getting back up uh and then AEW called and we were back in the tag team (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So, so let there me... were definitely a couple stop starts and a couple, you know, dips along the way. It's always kind of about the journey, you know. I mean, oh, I think a lot, a lot of people think about, oh, you know, Alex Reynolds, here he is on national TV each and every week. However, what they fail to realize is what it took to get to that point and all the matches and all the promotions you stop in and everything that came in between – that needs to be taken into consideration because it is a very hard business. Um, I often talk to the boys about lifestyle 
And I know that it's different than the cylinder of sin and what it was on the road back in the day. And, um, just things that happened in the car. I will, I won't go into great detail. Um, but what's, what's it like now, the culture of wrestling? Uh, we watch a lot of, um, BTE and we get to see a little bit of that, but is more of the nowadays lifestyle with the wrestlers, the video games, the, um, the doing stuff on Twitch, like we're on right now, would you say that is more of the common things or is there still a little bit of a uh, rebel rousing that still happens? Um, I mean, I, I don't think the, the crazy, and I'm gets... not trying to out yourself. Either. <laughs> yeah. no, no, the craziness doesn't get out of control, you know? Um, but we, you know, we have a few drinks after the shows to kind of unwind. Sure. Um, but, I think nobody takes what we have for have at AW for granted. So like no one gets to that like stupidity point uh, where they could do something to jeopardize themselves or somebody else or their jobs or whatever. Um, I do think for, you know, most people, yeah. Like Twitch streaming and, Hey, uh, and vlogging, Hey, how can I make a little extra money on the side? And, you know, Hey, I got to get a good night's sleep. Uh, you know, I got to get to the gym in the morning. It's, I think wrestling behind the scenes has changed so much, uh, because people want to first and foremost, really just take care of themselves, uh, and their bodies because they don't want to, you know, be broken down. And, you know, so a lot of people are like, exchanging recovery tips and, you know, meeting with the doctors, like, Hey, what can I do? And researching stuff. So it's definitely different, but it's definitely, uh, I think we try to treat ourselves like athletes and entrepreneurs. I think that's kind of the, maybe the biggest thing that I've noticed is everyone's trying to be like, Oh, all right, I'll do this on the side, this on the side. And, you know, well, you, you have a lot of veteran experience, uh, in AEW, from Arn, Jake, Jerry, and all of them. Uh, when you have, uh, you know, some big questions, who's your go-to person behind the scenes? Probably Jerry. Um, i trying to think. Yeah, as far as, like, coaches, it would be Jerry. Uh, I used to go to Brody a lot for things like that. Um I'll talk with Jericho here and there, but for the most part, I'd say definitely Jerry. Can't go wrong with him. No, nah, he's the sweetest man alive. I can attest to let, let me tell you something real quick. I mean, obviously, you know him probably very well, but Jerry and I share a lot of crockpot cooking stories. Oh, nice. Jerry and I talk a lot about just family life and faith and just being a family oriented person. And I can tell you, I don't know of anybody. And I've had the privilege to talk to a lot of people who have a, a bad word to say about him. I mean, th there was a, a broadcast announcer in Cincinnati for years. His name was Joe Nuxaw and he was on the radio and I was an intern at a radio station, a nobody, just a fledgling answering the phones and you know, getting callers to call into the sports talk show. And Joe didn't need to talk to me. 
but I said, Mr. Knox, I'll put you on. I'll put you right on through. He said, well, hold on a minute. He said, tell me about yourself. And it's just one of those things where people do things when they don't have to do them. And that really tells you their true character. And I think yeah. Jerry's one of those people who will send you a text message just to say, hey, just yeah. to check in. So, Oh, absolutely. He's the best. One of my favorite things that I got to do, they were putting together, Brody and Cody were putting together the dog collar match and Jerry was the coach and me and John were just, me and Silver were just sitting there and just listening to like just ideas come out and see like, oh man, like these guys are just next level, like how they see this. And I was just like a sponge, just like, oh man, this is, this is, this is what I want to be doing, you know? Um, so that was, it's always, it's, it's cool that we have that and it's not looked down upon at AEW, you know? Right. Cause they could have just been like, what are these stupid kids doing here? You know, like guys get out. We need to talk over this stuff. But so it's, it's definitely a, a cool thing. Well, Alex, I'm glad you brought up Jerry because uh, Jerry and uh, Mr. Freeland here have an ongoing battle. Uh oh. About a cheeseburger. Oh, no. No, 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 no. You, you get a nice big fat burger, your lettuce, your tomato, your onion, the whole nine I'm yards. doing this. Are you the type of man that would just bulge, go right in, or are you going to cut that burger in half? So, always, for uh, 34 years, I've gone straight in. That's what I'm talking about. That's But on Sunday, for the first time ever, I was no. out to lunch with my wife. For some reason, I was like, you know what? I've seen people do this. Let me see what the hype is about. And I cut it in half. It to me, right then and there, cutting it in half took away the cheeseburger quality. You just took me. You just took me on a <laughs> ride, man. Yeah. You just you were a storyteller on that one. <laughs> I love. So, what was your ultimate decision? Yay or nay? Yay or nay for the cool. cutting? Yes. Oh, I'll never do it again. Jerry will not be happy, and either will Mr. Whipwreck. In the comments. Well, yeah, but 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 here's 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 the whole thing about the burger thing, and we'll we'll get back to our our guest here, Rit. I rarely ever see anybody do that, rarely. And and the the normal argument is I don't want to get messy, right? Yeah. Well, that's half the fun. I carry an extra shirt in the car. <laughs> I mean, don't play if you when you make an omelet, you're gonna break a few eggs, man. It's there's it's also the still a chance of getting messy cutting it in half. So, silver silver cuts his burgers in half. There we go. Yeah. Well, we're 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 going to talk about your relationship with with John because I'm very very curious about him and my my good friend the Rit is very curious as well. But but let me ask you this question. Um, you had mentioned in 2017 2018 things were kind of going back and forth. You were hoping for different things to happen. What do you think would have happened had AEW maybe not necessarily been around? Um, and what was the first inclination that you heard of that, hmm, another promotion may be starting up? Um, 
God, I really don't. I really don't like kind of want to think about AEW not being around because <laughs> it's it's given me a lot of things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I truly don't know what life would look like without an AEW around. Um, but I remember it was like December of 2018. I think. Uh, oh, Mikey, come on! What is that comment? Ooh, I think he needs to <laughs> jump in the feed. Is what I think he needs to do. But um, it was like 2018. Like somebody kind of just threw out rumblings, like, "Oh, I think like the Bucks and Cody are are starting this new company," and I didn't really hear much about it. But uh, me and John reached out to the Young Bucks and we're like, hey, we're not sure if any of these rumors are true, but, you know, we would just love to work with you guys again, you know. Um, And they just messaged back like, yeah, cool, man. Like, you know, nothing set in stone, but we'll definitely keep in touch. Um, And then, like, I think a month later after their first press conference, we, like, messaged them again and just kind of every couple months started just reaching out to them. Until they asked us to come to Philadelphia. Wow. Unbelievable. So all of a sudden things start picking up. Uh, obviously the, the rumblings with AEW start happening. They have their first pay-per-view in Chicago. Sells out within a matter of minutes. That's got to give you a good feeling that, wait a minute, this is not just going to be a one-time thing. I think there could be more to this. Um, did you think if the Bucks? did decide obviously with with Cody and with Hangman and Kenny I love Kenny uh started something up they definitely would have the opportunity and they would have the abilities to keep up or compete and I know a lot of times people say AEW is an alternative not necessarily competition did you ever think of I'd love to see this happen but man a new promotion starting up that could be tough yeah, I mean, you know, you hear for years, everybody, every couple of years, oh, this person's starting a company, it's going to be huge, blah, blah, blah. And it just never happens. Once I heard that, like, the Bucks and Kenny and Cody were going to be involved, I was like, okay, well, this is, this is something you want to be a part of. Because these guys created these huge for lack of a better word, like brands by themselves, just based off of social media and YouTube videos and word of mouth. I mean, granted, they're also like the top wrestlers in the world right now. So that helps. (laughs) Um, But you just knew like, okay, this is something I want to be a part of. You know, I remember watching, you know, the first all out or all in and just being like, man, this isn't going to be a one-time thing. Like there's something, there's something here, you know? And then you see it and you're like, you see the press conference and you're like, God, I want to be a part of this so bad. Uh, and then each little event and you're just like kind of seeing it. And like, this looks like so much fun. Cause it literally looked like a PWG crowd times a hundred. Um, and then, you know, once they called, it was like, all right, let's just, whatever they want us to do, let's knock this out of the park because I don't want to go anywhere else. Wow. And neither did John. Yeah. The first day there, we're like, yep, this is, this is our new goal. 
you you did, and I and I have to take a, a step backwards and mention this, but PWG um, Bola, it, it's probably one of the most well known events in in wrestling. I mean, if you truly follow it, so many people have come through there, so many big names. Um, tell me just a little bit about your experience in in PWG. PWG was uh, God. That was a, such a huge goal of ours. Um, the first time we, I was, I was following PWG on DVD more than some of companies that I was wrestling for. Like I knew every, like I was such a huge fan, just the atmosphere. It was, it was amazing. Um, we just didn't know anybody or know how to get our foot in the door there. Uh, so like John and I would always say like, all right, if we wrestle the young bucks, like, we'll kill it with them and we know that we'll get booked in PWG. And then some local promotion in New York was like, Hey, we're bringing the young bucks. It's going to be you and John against the bucks. All right. So we did, we wrestled them. It went fantastic. And then they're like, yeah, guys, you know, like uh ring of honors pulling all their talent from PWG. So we need, you know, tag teams. We need people. We'll pass your stuff along. Uh, that was in like December. We were booked on that February show. Um, and it was literally every, everything I hoped for, you know, and it's also cool. Like to wrestle our first matches against Chuck and Trent, you know, and like we started with Trent and Chuck's one of our best friends for lack of a better term. Um, so it was awesome to share that experience with them. And then we did DDT four. we wrestled three times and, God, 24 hours. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, it was such a blur. We were PWG tag team champions for like an hour. Um, <laughs> we won them in our second match, lost them in our third match. It wasn't until our layover back home in St. Louis that I looked at John and I was like, dude, we just main evented a PWG show. It's like, yeah. It was like our first time like thinking about it because we were just in such a daze. But it was such a huge, huge goal of ours. And I'm really glad we were able to go there, especially when they were in Reseda in that building. Um, Cause yeah, it was just electric there. It's interesting because, you know, we talked to a lot of different wrestlers. It's, it's interesting because I feel like the, the indie scene kind of goes in, in cycles. It goes in waves, but recently the last few years, it has been as hot as it's ever been. I mean, take pandemic out of it. There has been so much exciting wrestling and great talent out there. Um, I think it's just a testament of how dedicated so many wrestlers are and who are willing to go out there and, and work the, the different programs and work for the different companies instead of saying, I'm going to put my roots down in just one big company. Um what do you think of the the landscape of independent wrestling right now as we're coming out of the pandemic? Do you think it'll still be as hot as it was prior? I don't know. I don't know if like capacity wise it could be as hot as it was. I think interest wise, yes. Um, so hopefully, you know, when everyone's able to get full shows again, I think people are just going to be like. Jones yeah salivating at the chance to just have some normalcy back um but i think this time right now is going to be tough 
you know, cause it's like, okay, well I can have 30 people at my show. How am I going to pay talent after building costs and all, you know, you're not making money back. So it's, you just got to get creative. And, um, I hope independent wrestling comes back as strong as it was. Cause it, it helped so many people get full-time jobs, you know, and it's, you need, that's the only way you're going to get better at wrestling is by going through the Indies. So yeah, it needs to come back. And I think it will. Well, uh, do you pay attention to a lot of the, uh, the talent on the Indies? And if so, uh, who are a couple guys that, that you have your eye on that you think deserve that next level and that next chance? Um, I don't, I don't know too many people right now. I know, uh, Daniel Garcia out of Buffalo, uh, is fantastic. Um, there's a couple, uh, kids from creator pro that are really good. Aaron Rourke, uh, Bryce Donovan and Bobby Orlando. Um, that's uh, VSK also from creator pro. Uh, he is one of my favorite people in wrestling, out of wrestling, also to wrestle and to wrestle with. Um, so I think, you know, it's just people got to take advantage of, of how popular independent wrestling is. So I, I got to kind of jump in here and, and, and talk to you about your tag team partner. Now, it's interesting how the Dark Order has evolved. Oh, that's um, originally, I when I originally was hearing the, the concept of the Dark Order, I loved it. It was this, the flyers on the flagpoles. It was almost this you know, what, is this a cult? What, what's going on here? You know, is it a kind of a Jim Jones thing? And now to see where we have come to being a much more fam family friendly type of God, we get behind these guys. Cause it's, it's a family bonding thing. Like everybody mm. adores you guys. Um, and I know a lot of that obviously has to do with, with the recent events, what has happened. Um, and so many people loved Brody. So many people, and I think so many people just really embraced you guys big time. So if you can, take me through the genesis of when they mentioned, hey, Alex, we're going to do this group called The Dark Order. How was it presented to you, and what was your initial thoughts? Um, so, like, each time we would uh, be at AEW, we would just get, like, a little, a little, like, a little nugget of information from uh, Matt Jackson about possibly like some ideas, you know, like he was like, I think after our first show, it was like, Oh yeah, maybe we'll just bring you back every week is like, you know, the local talent that gets beat up and, you know, and we're like, is that what we're doing? Is this, you know? And then the next time it's like, Oh yeah. You know, there's this dark order group. Maybe, you know, you guys keep losing. Maybe, you know, you guys join them. We're not sure. So we're like, what's going on? Like, we want to know. <laughs> and then it was like, all right, we need you to come here. You're filming a pre-tape. You're filming a promo uh, for Dynamite. Um, and we're also going to need you for next week, the week after, the week after that, the week after. We're going to need you from now on. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it was really just like, you know, the Dark Order needed revamping. 
Stuno no debuted. They had the Creepers. People didn't know what they were, and they yeah. hated it. So then they took a step back, and they were like, all right, let's start this whole cult thing, you know? Um, and they needed guys that were just losing, and we just happened to be losing on TV constantly. Um, we knew Stu and Uno from the Indies. We liked them. They knew us. They liked us. They knew that we could wrestle. So they were like, hey, you guys are beating them. Like, why don't we have John and Alex join the group? So then, like, that was pretty much it. Um, so we joined the group. Here we are. Last Dynamite of 2019. Dark Order is going to close the show. Dark Order is going to beat up the Young Bucks. Beat up SCU. Here comes Cody. Done. Here comes Kenny. Done. Dustin Rose. Done. We're brawling. Us and all these creepers. We get off. Like, man, that was... We, we just closed the show. We closed Dynamite. A couple days later, the clip comes out of that dude, like, not punching... Dustin Rhodes and man, everybody just ripped us. We get like a text the next day. Hey, you guys aren't needed for TV this week. Um, we're doing just a recap. And I'm, I'm tired. Like this is it. Uh, so then we kind of just did nothing. And then it was like, Ooh, the exalted one's coming. It's like, all right, let's go into that. And we, got some stuff going and interest started peaking. Who could be the exalted one? Is it going to be Matt Hardy? Is it going to be Brody? Is it going to be, you know, this person or is it going to be Raven? Um, so interest started growing again and then the pandemic happened. Um, so when that happened, Stu and Uno live in Canada, so they weren't able to come. Mm -hmm. New York was shut down. So John and I weren't able to drive down to Atlanta because they were going to film a month of television. Right. So that's when they int uh, introduced 10 as part of the Dark Order. And then coming out, of, we're able to go down. They're introducing five now as part of the Dark Order. Now they're introducing Anna Jay. And these guys are getting wins. And, you know, and we're just, John and Alex, we're not even on Dark, not even wrestling. Um, we thought we were getting fired. Literally thought we were being phased out. We were getting fired. They have two more members. They don't need this huge group. So, yeah, we're gone. And then that kind of turned us to doing BTE because we knew that we had to pretty much separate ourselves from the group and show personality within the group. Um, and then that started the whole other kind of incarnation of the dark order. Um, but for, it was for a while, it was like, Oh, we're this cult. And then Brody debuts. Now we're this corporation, but also a cult. Uh, so it was just very, very confusing. Um, the only thing I am upset that we weren't able to do, and I wanted to do this when we went out to California, I wanted to do a vignette with the dark order uh, on the Manson family ranch. Oh, wow. I had just watched uh, uh, what's the Tarantino movie uh, with Brad oh, Pitt and uh, yes, uh, something some night Once in, Hollywood, upon a time in Hollywood. Once upon a time yeah. in Hollywood, yes. I had just watched that and I was like, "Oh, this is the Manson Ranch." It's like, oh, that would be so cool because, like, when we joined, when I when we joined the group, I started getting like deep into cults. I was like, "All right, like, what <laughs> can we do?" Like, 
you know, trying to take little things. I want to do like infomercials and things. And yeah, the Manson family ranch is the one thing that I wish we were able to do. Wow. It's just so interesting to know the, the, the genesis of the whole thing. So the creepers were the creepers, just extra local talent or I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Cause we never really got to see them. Um, I had this ministry of darkness feeling that it would, that it would go in that direction. Yeah. Um, but now where we are, you guys, I think are really over right now, which is a great thing. Thank you. Um, I think a lot of people are getting behind it. And a lot of people, in my opinion, are getting behind you and John Silver because the matches you guys have are ridiculously good. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not saying this because you're here. Rit and I have talked about this. The combination, the way you flow, they have to consider putting the tag team titles on you guys. I mean, they almost have to. I, I don't know why, how they could not. Is yeah. there any chance you think that that may be hopefully in the horizon uh, or on the horizon, I should say, with you guys? Uh, I think so. You know, we we had a couple weeks ago, we had just broke the rank, top five rankings. We were ranked number four. Then stupid John had to wrestle Darby and hurt his shoulder. So that kind of, <laughs> that, uh, kind of put the tag team on the back seat for a little while. Um, but I think once he gets healed up, I think – I think we got a good groove going and we've always just complimented each other, each other's styles. Um, you know, we wrestle so different. We look different, but it just all kind of gels very right. cohesively. Um, I, yeah, I think we could absolutely beat the young bucks. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I think it's, I think well, if, if there was a crowd, a full pack 20,000 seat arena every single week, you and I'm going to say it, Rit, Johnny Hungy. <laughs> and oh my God, I would love to know how did that whole thing happen? Or is that just John saying, Hey, like you said before, we're going to use BTE. We're going to do our thing. We're going to promote ourselves and we're going to try to get over because the comedic aspects of the dark order are really good. I mean, you just have a lot of good personality. So, Johnny Hungy, tell me why in the hell John Silver started doing the Hungy thing. I I can't. Uh, there's really no reason why, but he's been doing that for years. Just like really behind the scenes, like messing around with us, and we would all just die laughing because it's just ridiculous, right? Um, and then one day he was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna say this on BTE." And he said it, and that was it. Wow. A lot of a lot of the silly stuff you see, especially me and John do, it's a lot of us just uh, stuff we do in real life um, that we're just like, oh, this is funny to us. Like, let's just say this. You know, I I cannot tell you probably for the last God at least ten years. Every time one of us goes, oh, yeah, uh, can you grab that for me? It's under there. And we just try to get the other person to say underwear so we can just yell at them. <laughs> I do it to my wife. She hates me afterwards. Oh, uh, God. It's just a funny joke. So I was like, oh, we have, we have to. Whenever we don't have anything, I was like, oh, this makes us laugh. Like, let's just do this. You know, uh, making up the words to Cody's theme song. 
Yes. You know, like we were all just joking around saying that. And they're like, oh, let's just, hey, we need something. Well, here you go. Let's do this. <laughs> um, so a lot of it is just stupid stuff that we do normally in our everyday lives, well, in our everyday lives uh, that we're like, oh, maybe this will be funny. And thankfully, thankfully it has been. Sean uh, once said that they were doing goofy stuff backstage um, before the whole DX thing started and just goofing around, sticking stuff down their pants and whatnot. I mean, we got to put this into context here. The context was it was the the mid to late 90s where obviously right. a lot of things would absolutely, absolutely not be approved to be on television now. But he said that's what we did. And he said all of a sudden everybody started laughing and having fun. And then all of a sudden we started doing out in front of the crowd without permission. And they got chastised by Vince pretty hard. But then when Vince saw the reaction, they just started to go with it. So I wonder if it's a situation of – it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. But sometimes what happens backstage is really, really good. And people need to have the ability to just go with it. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we all don't take our t- ourselves too seriously. You know, I think one of the charms of our skits is that you can blatantly see people holding back laughter. Um, and it's it just like when you see somebody holding back their laughter you see that they're having a good time and it just can't help you not smile so you like just already like that person and you know we had to come up with brody used to just yell at us like what are you crying are you crying and that would just kind of like straighten us up and be like all right we can we can keep going now um but yeah i think people want to see like i think you know it comes across as genuine Cause this is like, we're just trying to make each other laugh. Right. You know, um, it's not forced, you know? And I think people consciously or subconsciously can feel that when watching, when watching these videos. In the age where we're at right now, at least on the other side, um, you know, you often hear these reports in these interviews about, gosh, I'm so sick and tired of this being scripted, that being scripted, this, that. I have to say this, hit my mark here. Um, I feel like you guys, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you guys do have a lot of more freedom. Um, I'm sure there's bullet points that you're told to, hey, you know, mention this or that, but it's not Microsoft Word, you know, um, New Times New Roman 12, memorize this before you go on. Do you think people succeed better when they're just given bullet points or do you think people succeed better when they are given written things to say uh i think that's a very like person specific question um i think if you know who you are know your character well enough all you need are bullet points because no one's going to be able to put those words into your mouth and have it and have it sound genuine right um so yeah, like at AW for the most part, like it's, it's, Hey, make sure you say this, 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 and this. Okay. You got five minutes. Awesome. And that's it, you know, and then it's up to us and you know, you either sink or you swim, you know, and then you'll get one the next time you got to make sure in the whole, it's on us now. It's on you. You know, I can't come to the back and be like, hey, well, this idiot wrote 
you know, this stupid lines for me. And I had to say it and people didn't like, like, I can't say that. Right. If they say, Hey, you have, you know, a minute to do this promo and it sucks. It's on me. The onus is on you. Yeah. And I'm not going to get another opportunity at least for a while, you know? So like you want that pressure. Cause you're going to want to like, you're going to want to just knock it out of the park. And also because when you get the, when the praise for that promo or that segment on TV, it's 100% attributed to you. Yeah, absolutely. You, you birthed it, you created it, you nursed it. Uh, I mean, without getting, you know, too, too whatever, but you get my point. And, and I yeah. think that's the neat thing. They give you the responsibility. Therefore you have to create it and you get the success or not for it. Yeah, absolutely. We talked to uh, to Eric Redbeard um, a few weeks ago, and incredible guy. I mean, I would have never imagined somebody to be that eloquently spoken and soft and kind-hearted and everything, just because the demeanor. And I guess that's how well he plays his character, just mm-hmm. intimidating as hell. Um, and I asked him a direct question about when he came in for the Brody tribute and he held up the sign. And he just very nicely said, I'm just not, I'm not ready to, to talk about that. And we, and we moved on to other topics. The Brody tribute show and, and leading up to that without getting too private, how much did the Dark Order know or find out that um, things were, were not looking so great? And then, I mean, I assume this was a universal response, but what was your response when you found out what actually happened? Um, you know, we, we knew that something was wrong, but we weren't like, we didn't know what, if it was, you know, if he was getting better, like we just knew that something was wrong. Um, and then it, it completely just shook me, you know, um, he, uh, yeah, hearing that just it just rocked me because um, you don't expect it. You're just like, oh, this dude a couple months ago just wrestled a thirty minute dog collar match. He was in some, he was in the best shape of his life. So like, he can't tell me this is real, you know. So it was it was definitely hard to accept. Um, uh, the Brody tribute show was, it was, it was a really cool day. Uh, it was a hard day. Um, you know, uh, everybody was very like bonded and close and, you know, we were all in this together. Um, but it was, uh, man, by like the end of the episode, they, did like one final package. Like I was done. I, like I was just, you know, uh, there were a couple hard moments like throughout the day. And then, uh, after our match, like it was just, it was hard not to break, you know? Yeah. Uh, like I, not that I was trying to hold it together, but like, you know, John and like his Brody gear and hitting the line one, two, three, and he just breaks down and I just broke down. It was just, you know, just everything came out. Not even, you know, 
but uh, I think I think no tribute show will ever top that. Um, and I I think we uh, we paid honor to him as best we could. It was a uh, it was a great night. I'll never go back and watch it. Um, you know, I have the memories with me, and that's that's all I kind of need. All of the the wrestling magazines and the websites and all the wrestling reporters. I mean, I was talking, listening to Brian Alvarez and and Dave Meltzer, and and they both said that was without a doubt the best tribute show and one of the best shows. Period. Just it was that amazing, and I mean, we're talking about tribute shows of like Owen Hart was a big one. And I rem- I remember vividly watching that and getting very emotional with that one. Um, and I felt the same thing with this one, but it just shows how much everybody respected what he brought to the company and yeah. the fact Everybody. that w- and not just, not just the company. It was, it's all of wrestling. WWE did a lot of stuff for for that as well, and I yeah. know uh, the Fiend uh, did some stuff in tribute to him as well. And it was just so cool to see that crossover where it's like that brotherhood. It it's there. I don't care yeah. who you work for, and um, so special. What's it like with having Negative One around? Um, what's what's he like as a as a youngster, and uh, how is he doing with all of this? Because we see. He seems really happy on TV, but I don't care. That cannot be easy. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't, I don't know how. That's hard to say because when he's at AEW, it's it's his time to just get away. From, yeah, like all that, and like, hey, this is my fun time. I'm in my little wrestling world, and you know, um, you know, challenging John Moxley to fights and beating up everybody in sight with a kendo stick. <laughs> so uh he's he's definitely calmed down a little bit backstage but uh yeah he would you know he would be running around with that kendo stick if you weren't looking whack and he'd just crack <laughs> in like the elbow um but it's great you know like he's truly just become a part of our company and our lives and um you know like everybody just is there running around with him and his little brother, Nolan, like, you know, seeing him like come out on 10 shoulders whenever we do entrances, like it's, you know, whatever we can do for him after everything his dad did for us. um, Then yeah, it's, you know, it's really for everybody that says like we take advantage of him or exploit him. Like, that's just such bullshit. You know, we're, we're they trying have no to, idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than when he doesn't have a kendo stick in his hands, he's great to be around. <laughs> <laughs> Good kid. Good kid all around. Um, yeah. A couple things before we let you go, and you've been so gracious with your time. Um, once again, guys, joining us is the Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds. You can see him each and every week on AEW television on TNT. Dynamite is going to be tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't miss that. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. And, uh, Rit, I'm going to throw it to you. Well, Alex, I like to ask all of our guests 
hot tub time machine. You take yourself, go back in the time to any wrestling match, and put yourself in a match. What match is it and why? So wait, am I putting myself in a, like, is this a, uh, I want to wrestle this person question, or is it, I want to be a part of this famous match? Famous match, whatever match you want, you're part of it. You take, for instance, Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret Hart, Iron Man match. You take Bret out, you're now in the match against Shawn Michaels. This is, you know what, I'm going to tell you this. This is thought-provoking. This is good stream TV right here. I mean, the hot tub time machine, love it. I think the the one that comes to my head now is, um, I would go to Royal Rumble 2000, take Triple H out, and I'd wrestle Cactus Jack Street Fight, Madison Square Garden. Oh, that was good. Good choice on that one. Yeah. It's MSG. It's yeah. against a legend. Wow. It might change in, in a day or two, but for right now, that's that's where I'm going. Are you happy with that one, Britt? Uh, that threw me off. That, that, that threw me off more than Sabu's answer of wanting to work uh, Lesnar. Yeah, Sabu oh, wow. recently told us, I want to work Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Normally, I would have gone Shawn Michaels, but yeah, that this is just what I'm feeling right now. Who's on your? Uh, I almost said Rockefeller Center. That made no sense. <laughs> Gosh, who's on your Mount Rushmore, Alex? Uh, I would say Shawn Michaels. Um, Coco, beware! God. He just <laughs> just missed the cut. <laughs> Uh, in no, no, in no particular order. Shawn Michaels, uh, Tully Blanchard. Ooh. Um. Uh, man, who else do I have? Um. God. Jericho. Okay. And. Probably Austin. Nice. So Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels. And and this is no disrespect to Tully, but I have not had Tully on a Mount Rushmore yet. But you know what? It's time. It's he's time the, to put Tully there. He's the only person. Uh, and we have some like incredible legends at AEW. The only person that I still get nervous around. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. what would you what would you do if he came up with Pinnacle. an autographed Brain Busters uh, jacket and gave it to you? I would probably start crying when he did the match with FTR. I yes. walked by, walked by uh, like the seamstress, and then I, I see his robe, and I go, "Holy shit!" And like I kind of looked around, like no one was looking. I pulled it out. I was like, "This is his. This is like Tully's robe, like the black with the red." I was like. I was like, holy shit. I was like a little kid. <laughs> and I just ran away before anybody saw me. That's awesome. Uh, let me ask you this. My, my last two questions here. Is there anybody you would take under your wing right now? Or if you were given the opportunity to be 
Uh, player slash coach. Um, is there anybody that you would love to to get a chance to mentor or at least take under your wing? Is there anybody that you've seen that you're like, you know what, kid, I could tell you a lot. There's no one that and Freeland and myself are, are not options. <laughs> it's it's tough because a lot of people that I would say that to or say that I want to or already in AEW. So it's like they're already doing pretty good. <laughs> um but there's you know there's a couple guys that like I'll you know uh Max Caster, Bear Country, um those are all like guys that I knew when they first started training. So like, I'll always like watch their matches, give them critiques, help them, you know, if they have questions on how to handle something, like I'll always kind of look out for them. So those are always, those guys are, uh, same thing with MJF too. He won't admit it, but, um, you know, I'll, they'll come to me for, as like a sounding board for stuff and, you know, I'll try to help them out whenever I can. I love me some Max Caster. I'm telling you, the guy just has confidence. Yeah, oh, so good. He has confidence and he comes out. And it's one thing to come out. It's another thing to put a rap together. And now you're a musical performance before you even perform in the yeah. ring. So you're doing double duty that night. And that's a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, oh, yeah. Because you're going to get critiqued night and wait from Sunday. Um, but he put himself out there and he embraces it and he takes it and he's he young. Oh yeah. And I can't wait to see what, what uh, is in store for him. I wrestled right. him on, I wrestled him on dark a couple weeks ago and he came out and I was like, Oh man, he's going to just rip me apart in this rap. And it wasn't too bad. I know he likes me. So that's why he didn't go. He didn't go too. <laughs> he didn't beat me up too bad with it. So if uh, if if this is my crystal ball right here, and I'm I'm looking into the future, as a final question, what can we expect from Alex Reynolds in 2021 going into 2022? Any little uh, any little hints you can give us? Can you give us the Iggy on anything? Um, um I'll be honest. Uh, kind of like how we were talking before, where there were like. Uh, periods where like my confidence was high and then dipping a little and high and then dipping a little and uh right now my confidence is is going up in wrestling and I'm finding like a nice little groove that I'm getting in and feeling more confident you know it's tough with the pandemic where you're not wrestling as much so I feel like for a while I was like second guessing what I was able to do in the ring. Um, and I feel like I've just, I've just gotten out of that. So I feel like my confidence is on an upswing. I feel like once John gets healthy again, um, we'll kind of pick up where we left off. You know, we're still undefeated in tag team matches this year. Um, my goal for the end of the year is, uh, not only to just have uh, an AEW tag title match, but uh, beat the Young Bucks or whoever and become AEW tag team champions. That's kind of the focus right now. That's, you know, the tunnel vision is uh, 
that stupid shoulder better heal up soon. Well, I tell you what, I, I'm almost thinking about dream matches here. I don't believe you guys in FTR have ever locked up yet. So nope. there's a lot, there's a lot that we haven't, you know, uh, we've never did FTR. We've never wrestled Lucha Bros or Pack and Phoenix. Oh. Um, I'd love to do uh, us and Hangman against Death Triangle. Oh, um, there's so much meat on that bone. It's not. Even yeah, funny. yeah. So there's just a lot that uh, that I get like kind of antsy about. So definitely looking forward to it. You have definitely carved out an incredible career for yourself right now. You've been in many, many places. You've succeeded in all of those places. You are now on a national stage weekly, and you're doing incredibly well. Um, on behalf of myself and everybody here, and I know Mikey and Jerry are proud of you. Um, yeah, we're just going to keep rooting for you guys and keep pulling for you guys. And I think that, yeah, those straps are going to be coming your way because I think you definitely, definitely deserve it. Oh yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, let, uh, let, uh, Mr. Hungy know we would love as he's recovering, if you would ever like to join us and tell us a little bit about, uh, what's going on with him as well, because there's so much more to this, uh, this tag team story than meets the eye. Absolutely. He can explain why on earth he cuts hamburgers in half too. Yeah. I'd love to know that as well, <laughs> but, uh, Guys, please follow uh, Alex on social media. An incredible guy. Great interview right here. Uh, anything you want to plug right now? Any Twitch streams, anything like that? Merchandise, you name it. Uh, Twitch streams, there uh, may or may not be a couple of things in the works uh, in the near future, hopefully. Um, uh, John and I have a new t-shirt coming out on shopaew.com. I think that drops maybe this week. There's a big sale going on. Yes. Uh, sale going on there and pro wrestling tees. So definitely uh, pick it up while it's hot. And then, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YT, yours truly, Alex Reynolds. I love it. Alex, you are a gentleman and a scholar, my friends. Any chance we could twist, twist your arm to come back again? Always. As long as Mikey isn't, Mikey and Jerry don't run scared. I need yeah. them on. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. You have yourself a wonderful night. Thanks again. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Take it. Take care, Alex. I'll Bye. see you. Wow. How cool was that? How that was cool phenomenal. Was that? I found out 30 seconds before. <laughs> I told you. I told you at one point. I said, I said, Rit, I said, I got a surprise for you. And then you said you have a surprise for me, right? When was this? In the same conversation. I said, I told you. My wife and I were looking at betting. And I said, hey, man, I got a surprise for you. And you said, oh, well, then who was the person who said they have a surprise for me? Does no one have a surprise for me? Maybe that was your wife. Did you Are hear you me? Mess- hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. You don't have a surprise for me. No. Shut up. Don't, don't, don't hard yeah, sell I'm me. I'm being serious. You have no surprise for me. No surprise. This, all of this is the surprise. I don't know. I have no idea. I remember, I remember our conversation. Right, and I told you I had a surprise, and I'm gonna. I was delivering the dark order because I knew it meant something to you, and I'm gonna hopefully deliver Johnny Hungy as well. Oh God! Then who called me and said I have a surprise for you? I called you, but it wasn't about a surprise. Oh God! I got a case of the Joe Bidens right now. I don't know what's going on.
just don't trip up those stairs. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to refill our drinks. We hope you refill your drinks as well. Because when we come back, it is panel time. We're going to be discussing some of the hottest topics in wrestling. we got a bunch of people who are going to be joining us. They're popping on right now. So don't go anywhere. Yes, kids. Yes, kids. Uncle Mike is going to play your your favorite song. Because, well, that's what we play when we take commercial breaks. We'll be right back. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts you know too sexy for milan too sexy for milan new york and japan take it sexy for your party too sexy for your party no way i am disco dancing I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the catwalk. We are back. We're coming off the heels of a great interview with Alex Reynolds. I do highly recommend you follow him on social media. We went ahead and we put up his uh, his Twitter handle. Obviously, you can go ahead and follow him right down here. Down where? 
lockdown here. You can also go ahead and follow him on all of their forms of social media, including Instagram. And he just made the big announcement that a new John Silver Alex Reynolds t-shirt is going to be dropping at AEW Shop or Shop AEW, one of the two. I'm dyslexic, so I'm not sure. Uh, Go ahead and pick up that shirt because I guarantee you they're going to sell out fast. Hopefully we can get our hands on a little Johnny Hungy, get him on there. But we have so many other people that are in the pipeline to come on and join us. I don't know why this is like waggling. This looks so weird. It's like it's waggling. I'm like waggling. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't even think waggling is a word. Anyway, getting back to it, let's go ahead and let's bring in the writ. Let's also bring in Liam Savage, which I don't even really know if Savage is his last name. It almost sounds like a ring name. But we're going to find out because that's kind of a badass last name. Let's bring in the Rid. How you doing, Riddy? It's been a few minutes, right? Yeah, you know. Fantastic week for me. Uh, Saturday night, you know. A little shout out to my man, Travis Boheb. Threw me out there on Twitter's team. Me uh, out there giving Shane McMahon those hands. Yes. Saturday night. And then, you know, Sunday I was at a baseball game. First time in over a year. Got to see the Red Sox uh, and the Orioles go at it. You know, good week for me. Good week for me. What about you, man? You know, I got no complaints. Life is good. Um, I'm actually speaking to you on a different laptop. Do I look glitchy or fuzzy like I did on the last laptop? No. The only thing that looks uh, fuzzy and patchy is that beard you got there. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Just because I paint this on. Why do you got to give me shit? Hey. I, I, I do it for a reason. Look at this. Look at this coverage. Looks good. I use I use uh, just for men. No, I well oh, I wait. do the I do Valero. use just for men. The, the Valero brand. Is that necessary? Mm-hmm. Hey, you set him up. I knock him down. Yeah, you definitely do. No, I'm feeling good. It's been a good week so far. Um, life is good. I do want to make sure before we start this, and I'm going to touch upon this again. Our good friend. Christopher Butt from Canada. Um, he's not joining us right now. We, we, we joke. We joke, we kid. And we joke and we kid because we love. Um, and Christopher's got some things going on right now. But I, I'm going to look right at the camera. Christopher, we love you. We support you. You are part of our family. And don't ever forget that. And can't wait till you come back again. Because you know what? It is not the same without you, my friend. You have the link. Please jump on whenever you want, my friend. So just want to let you know that. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and let's bring in uh, two guys who uh, were with us last week. We call him Vince Russo Jr., and uh, yeah, we do. We sure do. He also kind of looks a little like Jericho right now. We're going to bring him in. His name is Liam. I don't know if on your birth certificate it says Savage or not. You're going to have to confirm that. Do you want me to show you my birth certificate when I have a chance? Yeah, when you have a chance, I'd love to see that because that last name is probably one of the coolest last names I've ever heard. It's uh, it's real. Yeah. So there you go. Did, did Jesus that's, that's have all... a birth certificate from back then? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, keep talking. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's the uh, real last name uh, when I was in school, like, you know. Stop laughing, Freeland. God damn it. Anyways, um, I was uh, I was in school uh, in the 80s when he was uh, like really at his peak. And kids would come up to me and they'd hold say... Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. When, oh, who fuck. was at their peak? Who was at their Macho peak? Macho Man. Macho Man. Did, 
Did you did you say Macho Man? I didn't hear you say no, Macho Man. No, I figured it was assumed because Savage, anyways. No, because he anyways. called he called you Jesus, and you're like, yeah, when he was at no, his peak not... in the eighties. Okay, fuck. <laughs> this is gonna be a running joke now. Okay, fuck off. Anyways, uh, any anyways, what happened is, uh, you know, like eighties, he was like, you know, at his peak, and kids would come up to me in school and they'd be like, "Is your dad the Macho Man?" And I was like, "Yeah, now, kayfabe, kayfabe," and I told him to go away. You know, even back then. <laughs> You don't have the K-Fabe. Yeah, so get the fuck out of here. K-Fabe, man. K-Fabe. Business is a sacred. Just get out of here. That's right. <laughs> Crazy kid. Wow. I love it. I love it. Hey, you know what? What are you drinking tonight, my friend? What is your beverage of choice? It's liquid. It's in a cup. Uh, it's an IPA. It's like something local. I don't know. It's it's okay. It's nice. You know. You want to give him a plug or no plug or? Uh, no. No, I'm good. Bot- <laughs> to, my, to my good friend Christopher Butt, bottoms up, pinkies out. Yeah, pinkies out. Uh, Christopher, hope you're doing well. I'll uh, reach out to you later, and uh, hope everything's going okay. So, so many things going on, but as you are drinking your drink, we have to talk to the man himself, the man that uh, knows wrestling on many continents. He's a good-looking man. He is the one, the only. Mike Unit. And Uh-oh. he is rocking some old school. Oh, whoa, whoa, no. What am I doing? I am a. Oh my gosh, I'm a dirty Q tip. That is a WCW Mike World Order. What's on the bottom? What's the red and blue lettering? What is that one? World Tour. World Tour. That's exciting. That's it. Are we we're watching your, your pecs jump? Oh, 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 somebody stop me. Oh, get me aroused. Oh, <laughs> man. How's it going tonight, crew? Oh, well, it's Mike. going well. It's going well. So how has life been treating you since the last time we spoke? So um, I'm about to do like a shameless plug for someone. Plug so, it. Uh, as I'm doing this, I'm going to record it so she can hear it. Yes. So, so recently, I've acquired my first official Mike World Order purchase in Canada. Um, female friend, she uh, purchased trucker hat, tank tops, booty shorts. Yes, the Mike World Order brand is expanding, um, nice. accommodating. And for those listening on tomorrow night's episode, free international shipping. I will cover shipping. For anyone outside of the U.S., you're on, covering shipping. I will cover the shipping. Wow! Mike World Order products for women. On oh, order oh, oh, it's for the ladies. Yeah. So if I shave my face again, will I pass or what? Or you could just buy your woman something with my logo on it. You could. No, that's not happening. You no. could buy. You could buy your wife a a Mike World Order thong. I don't have a wife. Come on, man. I mean, girlfriend, wives and all that. <laughs> boyfriend. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, no, especially no. no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mention her name. Yeah, but I, I'll mention her by code name. But okay. she's she's out in the Ontario area. When I first uh, saw her, she had red hair, easily mistaken for Becky Lynch. So as a side joke, I always called her Becky. So Ooh. Becky, if you're out there listening, which probably she's not, because she's with her kids tonight. Um, thank you for supporting the Mike World Order brand 
and being my first Canadian. <laughs> Will you stop it, Freely? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for being my first official Canadian supporting customer. So, yeah, my, my world order is going worldwide, as you can see. Well, okay, so once again, say it nice and slow in that very sexy Barry White voice. What is the URL again where people can go? It's, it's tiny something or other. So the URL is tinyurl.com. Tiny, URL. Tinyurl.com slash Are you being a dick right now? <laughs> Fuck. Forward so Backslash. Shut it. T-I-N-Y-U-R-L.com. What's after the slash? Backslash MWO merch. Merch. Yes. Thank you, Rick. Freely, you're being a dick, right? <laughs> no, no. He, he's going on your website right now. He He's ordering a couple thongs. I am. I tell you what, I need at least four to make it look like I got a pair on. So here's the thing. Holy Christ. Uh, there you go. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. How can you be a school teacher and mess up on spelling the URL, man? What are you talking? That's the way it's supposed to be, right? I know, but you were being like slow uh, with the spelling, so it's tiny. Your, I think you were messing with me, Freeland. I think I'm, my, I'm on an I'm on an I am on a life IEP. Don't even tell me that, man. I, I tell think you what. My, I think my pet jump got you like distracted, so I'm gonna have to like. He's still yeah, in a state of hypnosis right now. I am. I, it, I it definitely it. did something <laughs> for me. Anywho, shout out to Becky. Also, um, tomorrow night um, is probably going to be my biggest episode ever of going live on Twitch with Mike World Order because now doing my typical nerd stuff, I figured out how I can do the episode where when it's done, I can get the upload on YouTube and then convert to where it's on, you know, Spotify and Apple and all that. Um work but i figured it out how to run it all at the same time but tomorrow night i'm doing an episode where it's probably gonna be my biggest episode only because the actual biggest episode mike freeland's too afraid to hop on that's okay that's okay wow Wow. i still love you but (laughs) so i'm getting a a local guy in the, the dmv area by dmv dc maryland and virginia as they call it he is very well known for meeting a lot of superstars. He has his own radio show. He has his own uh, wrestling talk show in the D.C. area. Um, pretty much every wrestler that we've seen make it to the big stage, he's met them and interviewed them when they were on the indies, before they were even a big name. You can follow him on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. He's been tagged on the post already. Uh, the Real Dr. D, a.k.a. Daryl Johnson. He... Um, if you even see, go on his Instagram page. Literally, it's a who's who's of athletes, musicians, politicians. He's met them all, you know, like literally. It's it's crazy. So what what is that Twitch stream exactly? Give me give me your Twitch stream so we can let everybody know where they need to go tomorrow. Mike World Order, baby, nine p.m. Eastern. So it's just Mike World Order. Just go, is it? Mike World Order. Twitch.tv slash Mike World Order. Okay. M-I-K-E-W-O-R-L-D-O-R-D-E-R. 
Hold it, hold it. Stop it. I gotta put my cursor in here. You know what? Oh. You know what? Just just for that. No, here you go. Here you go. You're watching. Oh the yeah. Movie. Oh yeah. Hypnotize them. Hypnotize them. Oh, jiggle those. Yeah. Movies. Oh man, I tell you what. Well, one Tonight's of these days, just <laughs> one of these days we're gonna have to have a peck bounce off. You and me. <laughs> Freeland would faint. Oh, I would. I tell you what, I don't know if I could control myself. <laughs> Please try. Please try. And then, of course, there's, you know, Jesse Rodriguez, my hype man in the group chat, saying buy the merch. Uh, <laughs> he's <laughs> ever since that promo that WCW did where it had the giant in the background, where he grabs the guy saying buy the shirt. That's pretty much mm. how he tells people to buy it. So I'm going to make sure that everybody gets this, and I'm going to go ahead. And make sure that this is correct. Twitch.tv forward slash Mike World Order, correct? That is correct. Everybody who's watching this right now, do me a big favor. Go ahead and put this in. Follow him on Twitch. Set your can they set a notification? Yes. Subscribe. Subscribe to his stuff. Absolutely. Subscribe and follow. And um, I'm also doing pretty soon. I'm trying to figure out what right day to do it, but I'm also thinking about doing a, another special, like a Mike World Order happy hour, where it's just a group of us randomly shooting the shit on Twitch, talking about everything. I did a live episode last week, which was pretty much uh, a preview of what to come from that. You really missed out on my details of my love for Raquel Gonzalez, but that's a different Oh, story. I read about it. Oh, I bet you. Oh, I know you have, Liam. (laughs) (laughs) Renee Gonzalez. She's a very, very good wrestler. And because I'm married, this is exactly the way I I have to say this. She's a very lovely young woman. Well, I'm single. She can carry me to the bedroom like Chris Rock was carried in CB4. (laughs) She can, like, wow. Wow. I would let her carry me through the threshold. I don't know. There's just something about beautiful Amazonian women I like, and she caught my. Now, Mike, what what are your thoughts on uh, Liv Morgan? Oh man, that photo thirst trap she posted. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! I'm telling oh. you, Liv Morgan. She's an attractive like, I lady. I completely she, forgot about man. She is an yeah. attractive young lady. That's all I'm allowed to say. Well, look, I'm, I'm like that. I'm that conscious of what free and Freeland can't say. So I'll say it for him. So that Thank picture you. he posted, Freeland saying, oh, she's a beautiful lady. Whereas yes. Mike Unit comes in and he's not the censor. I drink her bath water. Wow. See, I was going to go like less than that. I was going to say like, you're going to offer her a towel, take her to the yeah, bed. And then like, towel. you know, My dot, dot, dot. Look. Clean lady just, just got to gotta dry clean. off. Like, be a gentleman at least. Yes, Come on, I'm not man. Being a, I, I am a gentleman. I'm being I conservative. Can't. Okay, towels are not cheap, man. I don't feel like doing laundry. And even though I got to clean comes every two Come weeks. On. Nah, I'm Come being on. conservative. Use the bed sheet. All right. Hey, you All know right. what? You know what? after dark. I was yeah. just about <laughs> I was about to say, Rick, get in on this. I mean, you and I are in the same boat. She's a very lovely lady, correct? Oh, Rick's married oh, too. Oh, oh, I'm allowed to uh, talk. Oh. I can look. I can looky. No touchy. No, I no 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 no. I agree, but are you allowed to say e? <laughs> okay. Picture this: Walmart. 
couple weeks ago. Hold on. No one starts the story off. You're this. looking in the bra section. Yeah, we got it. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Freela knows this. Picture this. Walmart. A couple weeks ago. I was with the woman. We were shopping. And this girl with a beautiful ass <laughs> happens to go down the aisle in, in front of me. Mm. She looks over at me. She goes, you can stop looking anytime you want now. Oh. I'm, like, I'm like, thank you. I'll let you know when I'm done looking. The woman you were checking out caught you checking her out? No. My woman told me. Oh, your that. woman said that. Oh, yeah. okay. Kelly's like, you can stop looking anytime you want. Okay, I'll let you know when I'm done. Wow. 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 See, okay. that's why I'm single. That, that's why I'm single. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. yeah, I would have been dumb because I would say I'd do what I want. She was like, I'm leaving you. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> wow. Really, you got to pull it back in, man. This is crazy. I'm just saying, to... one way to look, the best, the best phrase to emphasize relationships with Mike World Order card subject to change. Oh. <laughs> 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 Touche, touche. I agree with you on that one. I'm envious uh, of you married people. Uh, let's let's jump into the the banter itself. We will get back to some pillow talk in a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. The very first topic I want to get into here is who got to see WrestleMania? Did anybody get a chance to see WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, oh, Rit, kind of. Well, night two, uh, I didn't really get to watch much. Night one, I was oh. more worried about, you know, working with Shane, you know, getting the match down pack, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was an awkward pause. Okay. So, Braun, Braun Strowman Jr., you, you had to make sure you got your – you know what? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I got, Who's Braun Strowman Jr.? I got it's 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 uh it's you know him. Oh really? Yeah, hold okay. on. I got a, I got a prostate issue here. Take over. Oh my lord! You're gonna get the audience. Uh, so night night one. Well, what do you guys think of the uh, of the overall you know match card lineup? Um, so I laughed at everyone that slipped and fell at the entrance. <laughs> uh, I saw AJ Styles caught himself before he yeah. slipped. Um, Dana Brooke Boo popped out when she slipped and fell. Or was it Manny really? Rose? One of them. Yeah, y'all didn't pay attention? Yeah. That, no. was just like, no. that was just like NXT TakeOver during Karrion Cross's entrance. Uh, Scarlett oh, right, been, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, well, you, I think you've heard it, Liam, when I was doing the live. Mm. Uh, but, uh Yeah. I, I thought Mania Night One blew balls out of the park, even though there was a lot of botching, because I'm pretty sure they're not used to uh, a crowd again, and everything is back to doing it in one take. Whereas before Thunderdome, I'm pretty sure, you know, they're like, "Cut, do it again." Um, you know, uh, Night Two was pretty good as well too. Like, I I can't complain with Mania. I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, my only, the only downfall that I got complaint wise, 
is that the SmackDown tag titles wasn't on the pay-per-view. Okay. Oscar had to do another job on Mania. And the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, what sense did it made of Jay Uso winning it? Yeah, what I was going to say is they didn't even put anything on either of the pre-shows, so they could have worked the SmackDown tag titles into the, one of the pre-shows. Exactly. But but all they did was talk on them. Um, yeah, I mean, they did get their little promo during the show. and Right. I mean, I ain't going to lie. I laughed my butt off seeing everyone <laughs> on social media's reaction to uh, Drew McIntyre losing. Because the way they hyped it up, they were like, yeah, Drew's going to win it. Drew's going to win it. And then Drew lost. And I was like, I told y'all. I told y'all. And then they was like, man, fuck you, Mike. Because they got butt hurt from it. But I knew it. I knew they were not They were going to have Drew job. But I knew they yeah, were going to be booked strong losing. So yeah. it's just that old school booking 101 where sometimes the loser is booked stronger than the winner. And that's what happened with Drew McIntyre. I got a feeling this feud with Bobby Lashley is going to keep going. If they pull it off right, let the final, you know, match be at SummerSlam. If we get a crowd again. Well, I don't know. Well, I well, what were you guys' well, what were you guys' opinions of the best match and why was it uh, Cesaro and Rollins? Psychology. No. No, no. That, I, I that was play. that was a great match. Let me, like, all you know, it was great, but it was short. Um, I wanted to go a little, a little longer, maybe another five, ten minutes. But uh, best match for me was uh, Triple Threat. Um, there was a lot of variables going into that, where it's like, okay, well, this could be Daniel Bryan's last uh, shot of the big time as a full timer. Uh, Edge coming back with the Cinderella story, and Roman having the dominant run and uh you know what um i'm glad they didn't do the obvious thing of giving it to either of the challengers because like i just said it was obvious you know it it's um it needs to be kept on roman keep his momentum soaring and then if let's just say he kept it to next wrestlemania i mean that would be unheard of these days it would also be great in a lot of ways Keep him going to WrestleMania, and then when someone actually beats him, they beat someone that's a really dominant, and it puts that person over to a higher extent. Uh, I don't know if it would necessarily be Edge or Bryan, because let's say they're legends already. Uh, Edge is a Hall of Famer. Bryan's going in the Hall of Fame regardless. We, we all know that. That's a given. So, but that match, man, uh, I, I, was, I was popping the whole time. I just thought it was great. My daughter was making fun of me because I kept going, oh, 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 the whole time I was watching and she's making fun of me. But <laughs> I thought it was uh, I thought it was great. That was the highlight for me. And I think uh, Banks versus Bel Air was good. Um, it just seemed like they were going back a little too much, a little too many reversals for my taste. You know, but uh, it was it was good both nights. Uh, I could do without the uh, Bad Bunny crap and. All that stuff, I'm not really for all the gimmicks. Uh, I just want to see the straight wrestling. Um, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens was great. Uh, short as well as the uh, 
as the Cesaro and uh, who's his, what's his name? Rollins. That guy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> short like the Cesaro and Rollins, but you know, like it was it was all good. Like it was it was pretty good two nights in general. I think. Uh, I was actually impressed with uh, with how prepared Bad Bunny was. Like mm. I was I was yep. expecting a train wreck, and he actually took it seriously. Yeah, he's a fan, you know. He's a fan. Like Logan Paul didn't even really do almost anything except get a stunner. But you know, like I don't know if he's necessarily a fan or not. He's a he's kind of a celebrity, right? But uh, Bad Bunny is very well known. He's not my cup of tea, but you know, whatever. And uh, he showed that he wanted to respect the business, and he did the right thing and uh, learned. And uh, that's that's great with me. Here's my take on on the whole Bad Bunny thing. So, Mike, you you probably, I mean, you're younger than I am, and, and I think probably someone who is not well, but you're, you're you're probably more into like the social media scene, what's going on with music <laughs> and whatnot. I, I'm just not that cool. Bad Bunny, they keep saying he's a X amount of. Okay, so Liam, are you by the side of the road again? I'm in the garage. What is and the there's uh there's fire trucks going by. I'm sorry. I, I you know, I, I didn't ask them to come by. I'm I sorry. Everything I saw the lights as well. I thought, geez, what the hell you so in this- my driveway, guys. Oh my this, god. No, this podcast is on fire. He's yeah. Here's the problem. The Ritz got that godforsaken fish goldfish frog thing going on. It's over a turtle there. thing, isn't it? Yeah. It sounds yeah. like a urinal. I'm sorry. It sounds like somebody's taking a whiz. I, and, and Liam's by the Ooh. side of the road. Mike's in a house. I'm in a house. Let me ask you this question really quick. I'm beside Mike. a house. Yes. I'm sorry. You are. Yeah. Okay. He's, they said he was a multi-time Grammy winner. Latin Grammy. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. He's not yes. on the Grammys when so- we talk about the people in the United States. Not saying that that's Latin Grammys aren't important. But what I'm saying is when I looked up Grammy winners, I did not see Easter Bunny or whatever his name is. I didn't see him. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. So that's funny. So (laughs) I feel like Trisha talking now on Family Guy. Um, (laughs) Because I I live in a predominant Hispanic neighborhood in Northern Virginia. Um, Pop culture and all that. His music is blast everywhere. Um, and it's not just his lyrics, it's the beats too. I mean, I'm not a bad bunny fan in terms of his music, but the instrument instrumentals I can deal with. Um, but yeah, for every Latino person, there's tons of bad bunny songs on his playlist. Let's, let's, let's be honest. The only reason why bad bunny was even brought to the, you know, to the dance is because one of his Latin Grammy awards that he got was based off of a track based off of a former world champion booker t you listen to the lyrics got nothing to do with booker t at all but because it's labeled booker t oh vince is like well i don't know about this bad bunny but we're gonna shill what we can out of it and get some exposure we can we can get it for the latin audience and hold up Hold on one second. We got rid of Andrade. 
We, we don't have Andrade. We, we need a big Latin star. Sir, what about Rey Mysterio? He's too old. What about Dominic? He looks too young. He needs to be a man. He's, there's no muscles. No well, hair on his chest. Well, well, well uh, we, we got this one guy from NXT. NXT? Well, well that's Hunter. You know, he, we always bump heads when we bring someone in. So entering Damian Priest. I look at it like this. Bad Bunny is big on the Latin market. No questions. Right now, WWE needs a strong Latino star again. Rey Mysterio is hurting his back carrying what's left of it. Everyone else that is a Hispanic star is pretty much is given the stereotype of a mask or a lucha lucha or the look of something that you would see on a drug cartel show like Narcos, hence the Legado del Fantasma reference. There's really not a strong Latin, and I'll even throw this in too, heavyweight, because everyone else is a cruiserweight or booked as a cruiserweight. We don't have a strong Hispanic heavyweight. We had Andrade, but he was booked like to the bottom, at least with someone like Damian Priest. Yes, he's Puerto Rican, but he's also been a wrestler who's been endorsed by Triple H, Hall, Nash, pretty much the whole clique. I mean, even his ring attire and part of his gimmick has to do with the click and how it's referenced. So the only downfall of that tag match is we didn't really get to see a lot of Damian Priest in the ring work. It was just all centered on Bad Bunny. If anything, it kind of hurt Damian Priest. <clears throat> yes, he got his WrestleMania moment. Yes, he got his highlights in the Rumble, which led to it. But it just overshadowed what could have been his moment because all that did was made him look like, okay, he's just the, the guy protecting bad bunny. Now that we're done with mania, what's next for Damian priest? How is he going to be booked? I have a feeling like many of the NXT heavyweights that did good there. Once they go to the main roster, I got a feeling he's going to be one of those guys that they burn out too soon. And he's going to be stuck in mid card hell. Like, Prime example, Matt Riddle lost the U.S. title. I got a feeling after that title loss, he might lose the rematch. He's going to be pushed back into the shuffle again, especially with the supposed superstar shakedown that's going on after WrestleMania backlash. Where is that going to put some of those guys? You know, I think if it wasn't for Bad Bunny, the whole Bad Bunny storyline, Damian Priest would still be in NXT building, you know, his way up still. I think they brought him in too soon. They changed his look. You know, I think they could have waited before they jumped the gun with someone like Damian Priest. Because I've watched the guy on the independent circuit when he was Punishment Martinez. And even then he was getting that hype because he's not a young veteran. He's He's been around the way for a while. It's just that the past five years, he's just now getting his name out there because of Ring of Honor and all that and the New Japan tours that he did. So he's one of those wrestlers that's in that group, like a Shinsuke Nakamura, a Bobby Roode, a AJ Styles. He's an older guy that's being booked young. So right now they need to take whatever potential they can in his current years and build from there. Otherwise, he's going to be lost in the shuffle. He's going to be another Keith Lee. 
and that's sad to say. He's going to be another Keith Lee. That the way they have they have ruined Keith Lee. Keith Lee is so freaking good, and but I feel like we're saying this all the time, and it's it's you know wash, rinse, and repeat. I mean, Mike, every single time we we mention somebody who has gotten an opportunity and we're like, wow, these guys are really going to be something. They're going to go on to the main roster. The main roster is almost like getting a death sentence at this point. They should have left Keith Lee in NXT because he's damn good. They left Tommaso Ciampa there. They left Johnny Gargano there. They allowed uh, Finn Balor to come back down. So why wouldn't they let Keith Lee? Well, because they realized Raw was not doing so well. They needed some young star power. So you're taking somebody who succeeded and thrived in one area, and now you're putting up in another area where they are not going to be positioned well to to survive and to thrive and to do well. I don't see the reason behind doing that. I think NXT should have been its own brand, its own promotion, should not be looked at as developmental, and they should be their own thing and just leave it the way it is. Um I get it. People need to get phased out of there after a while, but then phase them back in, have them do a couple of run-ins or do a couple of things for a couple of months on one of the brands, then bring them back, but, but don't send them somewhere. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, they're in oblivion. And I feel like that's where Keith Lee is. And that's just my take. And not just that, the way that they, they book these guys. Um, I get it. At one point they used to say, well, everything you've done in NXT, once you get to the main roster, they reset everything. I don't think that's true because look how Rhea Ripley got booked. Look how, despite the, the WrestleMania win-loss record, the only person that they really booked consistently, in my opinion, in terms of a big name that went to NXT and then went to the name roster, has probably been Oscar. Yeah. That's the only person they've been consistent on. Everyone else... That's why I said on my first appearance on here, if if WWE would have done their developmental, like how New Japan does the Young Lion system, a better it'd make a better connection. I, I've said that for the longest. New Japan probably has one of the best, and not just New Japan, just Japan in general when they do it right. They start them out as a rookie. Yeah, you're going to take some losses. You're working your way up. Then once you start getting build up, you're going on an excursion. We're taking you wherever. And then you come back a completely different gimmick. And then you're pretty much a star. They create you as a star in the right way and you stay relevant. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree with you. It just makes no sense. It's very frustrating as a wrestling fan because once again, you're Vince McMahon and you're telling us, well, we're doing this because we don't want to insult your intelligence. But then everything you're doing is basically not only insulting our tele- intelligence, but it's making us change the channel. Because, like I said, if you got all these wrestling alternatives right now, if you're Vince McMahon, your job is to make sure you keep your people. Because, like I said, there's so many options right now. He's losing fans. And because of that, when you lose the fans, you lose the talent. No, I agree with you 100%. Um, overall, what did you guys think of the match between The Fiend and Randy Orton? 
to let everybody know Randy Orton won in a traditional wrestling match. There was no gimmicks. There was nothing at the uh, the end of this blow-off. Um, do we all collectively feel like The Fiend was kind of um, fading out even before the Burned Alive thing? You think people were kind of getting to the point where, uh, okay, this was cool for a while. Now it's just, it's not working. Yep, they uh, killed Liam, it. Liam, what's, what's your take on The Fiend? Do you think they need to think of something else to do with Bray Wyatt? Or do you think they're just going to keep using The Fiend as this unique attraction character? Yeah, I mean, the guy's a talent, right? I mean, you can't deny that. But uh, they they drug this out as long as they could. It's It's way too hokey for me. Like, originally when he first came out with The Fiend, you know, as a gimmick and all that, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting, but you can only do so long, and it just gets super hokey. I I didn't even watch that match. I didn't care. Like, I'm sorry, but nothing on both of those guys. It's not their fault, but it's it's creative. I just don't care. The fact that they're putting Alexa Bliss out there like they are, it's just... I, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm a bit old school. Uh, I want to see two guys out there and just beat the crap out of each other. And in, in some cases, just go for a scientific match. That was neither. Uh, I don't want to see a whole bunch of special effects, um, all sorts of storytelling and all that. I just want to see them go out there and slug it out. And it wasn't happening. Uh, not my cup of tea. I didn't care. I just fast forwarded. I didn't care. So do, let me ask you this, though. If you were to have uh, played Booker and put your Booker hat on, would you have had this blow-off match have some type of stip? Because I feel like you're almost kind of pushed into a situation where it's got to be like a no-holds-barred or it's got to be, you know, a lights-out match. There's got to be something yeah. so you have a definitive ending. Um, yeah, you need to kill it somehow. You know, you just... Uh, I think I think it's like... Uh, it's almost like with the thing on AEW with uh, Best Friends versus uh, Miro and uh, Kip Sabian. Uh, people are saying now they're like, just end it, you know, like, and they tried to, I get it, you know, with the, whatever that arcade bullshit was, I <laughs> didn't care. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Anyways, so, but they, they at least said, okay, well, we're going to try to end it, okay? And it was a little too late, but they did it. Uh, with this, with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, um, I get there's history there and all that, and they're trying to do something with Alexa Bliss, and she's a good performer, I'll give her that much, but, uh, this is past his expiry date for me, uh, I don't know if everybody else thinks that way, but it's past my expiry date, I don't want to see that anymore, I don't want to hear anything about it, I'm done, and, uh, it went longer than I thought it should have. It needs to be over. This should have been a uh, definitive it, period at the end of the. Yeah, century. I mean, they, it it could have been it could have been like a loser leaves WWE, quote unquote, and then you know, three or four months down the road, someone comes back or whatever, you know, that kind of deal. It could have been anything, but they need to have a stipulation which would say this is finalized, guys. Viewers at home, you don't need to watch this anymore. This won't be happening anymore. We can move past it. It seems like we have someone who's disagreeing with the discussion. We're going to have to bring him in. Oh, uh, Let's bring in the fifth member of Duck Dynasty, 
He's the man <laughs> with, with the turtle collection. And I'm not giving you a hard time for the turtle stuff. You you, you get what I'm saying, though, right, Rich? I mean, I, I kind of have to agree with the statement that he made. See, my thing is, it's it's not that the fiend, that's the problem. I don't think there's, oh. I, I like the fiend. I think it's the way, once again, how the fiend is booked. The fiend should be treated the same way as Finn Balor was with the demon. He just need to once come down once, once in a while. Because right. I ain't going to lie. In the beginning, the fiend used to scare the shit out of me. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> like some of the things he would do. I mean, yes, his outfit looked like he was the eighth member of Slipknot, but still. Uh, <laughs> it just, like, some of the moments when he showed up, and it was perfect timing when he showed up because you never expected. Yeah, that used to scare the shit out of me. No lie. Like, it, like it was mentioned, it does have that Jason Voorhees type deal. But I think because they oversaturated, they didn't give The Fiend enough time to be gone before coming back when he got burned, you know? Well, I mean, he, he was, he was KFC extra, extra original crispy. And then exactly. all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, all of a sudden he's, he's back and he looks okay. Like at least if you're going to do a burned right. angle, make him look burned. Like if, even if it's with the costume or something, melt something more, I, I, I don't know. And that's the problem I had with when they had Kane. And, and I got so much grief for that. It was like Kane got burned. Kane's wearing a mask. He's he's using that weird voice box. But then when he takes it off, all we saw was a little smushed, smeared black paint around his eyes. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. That's um, because of the psychology behind it. Kane was burned, but it was more mentally burned than physically. That's that's the way that day. Well, I wish he would have been physically burned. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I, I hope he would have dropped into a grease fryer and all that. Wow. But I mean, that's just like the thing with the fiend too. I honestly think after they burned him, they should have just kept them off TV. You know, at least until maybe Rumble, and then have Alexa Bliss come in due to shenanigans, or at least even in February. Like I said, the payoff would have been so much better if they would have just gave his time to miss him. Just like when John Cena, when he used to get injured, when he did get injured, and he was out for a good while. Okay, he was gone for like four or five months. He came back, the crowd embraced him. They could have done the same thing with the, the Fiend. If they would have gave like the Fiend four or five months and just not even mention him, just, you know, after the incident, you know, to where we don't even know if he's coming back. If they were to book that right, I mean, since they want to rehash shit, just 1994, The Undertaker. He got put in the casket. We did not see The Undertaker from January all the way till August. We waited till August before we saw The Undertaker again. And, and I was okay with that. I was okay with that. Yeah, because it gave us time to miss him. Right. And, and, but I don't know necessarily think anyone is going to miss him just because I feel like, like Liam said, the, the expiration date, at least for a lot of us, maybe not necessarily Mike, but a lot of us, we feel like, okay, we've seen this. This is, this is, this is very, uh, TL Hopper ish. This is very Henry O. Godwin. We're, we are now more used to people being their own personas themselves and not really the character gimmicky things. And I know Rit 
has been salivating because he wants to jump in on this. Rit, are you with Liam and I, or are you with Mike in saying you still think there's some tread left on the tires of the Fiend? I got to go with my man, Mike. Just for the fact is, well, first, that entrance I thought was great. I love the entrance they did. Uh, I think the whole purpose of the match and the ending was to show everybody the Fiend was never the one pulling the strings. Alexa was the one with the power pulling the strings. And I'm thinking this could be a way to, you know, wheel back in the Fiend to she gives the Fiend power. She can also take it away and hence bring back maybe some some real Bray Wyatt along the lines. I just think we're going way too much cartoony stuff. We're going too much yeah. Marvel for me. I want to see just like, okay, perfect example. Tomasa Chump and Walter. I want to see that. I want to see two guys, just two guys I know, you know, no costumes, no helmets, no none of that stuff. Um, it, it, it's it's a perfect example. When Farouk got brought in, I wanted Ron Simmons. I wanted the WCW World Champion. Everybody did. We all did. I didn't yeah. want to see this goofy-ass crop with his helmet and all this kind of stuff. And, and they finally smart. realized, yeah. Let Ron Simmons be Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons is a superstar. And let Bray Wyatt be Bray Wyatt. And let it go at that. If he succeeds at being just Bray Wyatt, great. If he doesn't, so be it. But, but I think that has. it's just the shitty booking, Mike. Every gimmick Bray Wyatt has done, even all the way down to Husky fucking errors, he's, he's taken it and run with it. You can't blame him for the gimmicks. It's how he's being booked. Just like, let's be honest, we couldn't really blame Roman for how he was being uh, booked. It was just that's how creative was. Now we get to see Roman be Roman, and now everyone's jumping on his junk about it. You know, I, I just want to. You can't, you can't just put it all on you know the wrestler. Sometimes it's just what the agents and you know creative does. I want, I want to bring in Boog here. Boog's now joining the stream. Boog's also, Boog's also, Boog's also 12 years old, kids, if you haven't noticed. Jesus. Oh, you, you look – no, that's that's the guy in the upper right-hand corner. You can uh, pray to him. Um, my point, though, is that you look awfully young. You do. Do you get carded a lot when it when times to go out to have a good time? Yeah, I would have going to the bars and struggle. Women I, think I'm that 21 year old kid, you know, that kid who just turned 21, that annoying kid, you know. So I uh, wouldn't even my go heart bleeds. My heart bleeds. You, you could go trick or treating still. I mean, my God, you have yeah. got good genetics. You're like that Tuck Everlasting family. <laughs> You've been drinking that water. But uh, all ribbing aside, how you doing there, Mr. Boog? I'm all right. Went to go see the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks and Oakland Athletics today. Just got back, ate some dinner, and here I am. Nice. So how's this week treating you so far? Uh, it's good. Uh, worked one day, and then I have two days off, so can't can't really complain. No. That sounds like a pretty sweet gig right there. We are uh, doing a WrestleMania recap. Did you get a chance to see the big show this weekend? Yeah, Mr. Uh, Ritt, I am a Cesaro believer now. Really, uh, really enjoyed that match. Thank you, thank you. That sorry, match. <laughs> sorry, I ever doubt. Sorry, I ever doubted you. 
Oh, no. Don't say that now. Now he's going to get a big head about himself. Apologies are accepted. What did you think about uh, the UFO that I was talking about on the Cult of Beardo? Dude, you know, I I was so in and out of uh, I, the podcast. You know, funny thing is, is I work while I watch you guys. So I keep the stream going, you know, for you guys all the time, you know, but uh, probably uh, probably missed that that part. Travis Bohem. Travis Boham jumps in. He goes, Boog. He is Travis. Yes, that's right. Start back up there. Man, that's a, you know what? If you're a wrestler, you could get that going in an arena and that would echo like nobody's business. It would also sound like, like booze a too. 2.0. It, it, <laughs> it would also sound like what you say, booze? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, whatever it takes, man. But I think that could uh, that could get over. Um so WrestleMania itself, uh, let, let's all go around here. It seems like all of us have had a chance to see it. We're going to go ahead and we're going to first start with Boog himself. Uh, a, B, C, D, or F, which I'm sure we're not going to a failed uh, on the two-night extravaganza. No. But what do you what do you give it uh, a grade-wise? And in a follow-up question, where do you think it falls in the pantheon of WrestleManias? Um. I would I would give it a, a, a B. You know, I think there were there are a lot of uh, good matches. I think uh, you know I I, uh, I uh, going back. You know, I know you guys just talked about the Fiend right now, but going back to that, I think you know I, I, I agree completely with Mike. You know, I think you can't leave everything in that man's hands. But hey, if you're if you're going to sit there and you're going to direct how each of these characters are run, you need to make sure that you know you're putting these guys in the best opportunity, you know, giving them the best opportunities to showcase what they can, you know? And I honestly don't think that the fiend, like, I don't, I don't think that, that the gimmick's stale at all. I definitely think that there's still a tread on the tire, but it all, it all depends on the, the people backstage to be completely honest. And that's a fair assessment. That's a completely fair assessment. So WrestleMania 37, um, where do you think it falls in the, the upper range of the WrestleManias? Is it a mid-card WrestleMania or is it eh, lower than mid-card WrestleMania? I'd say mid-card, you know. Um, I love I love the, uh, you know, the two-day event. You know, I thought that was, you know, I think that's a cool concept, you know, especially now that you have people um, going, going, you know, they're actually allowed to go in and view, you know, the pay-per-view. I think that's a cool concept, you know. Um I'm wondering how the tickets were sold. I'm guessing they were sold by day, maybe. I think they were, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that's cool. You know, maybe you can't get there Saturday, but you can get there Sunday. Or, hey, I can't be there Sunday, but I can go Saturday. I think that's a cool concept. Um, you know, but I, I would definitely say it's kind of in the middle. You know? Okay. Uh, let's go to Liam. Liam, so overall grade, and then where does it fall in the pantheon of WrestleManias? Um, it, it's kind of, you know, the one thing is it's kind of hard to grade because it's the first WrestleMania of the pandemic, like not even including the one last year because that was, yeah, that wasn't right. But this is, uh, this is different. So going on that, I would probably say a B minus. Okay. Um, 
you know, like I said, it's it's going to be judged differently. It's going to be looked back at as the first uh, one with fans after the pandemic. Uh, they they tried their best. Uh, a lot of it was rushed uh, in the last week or two before it was uh, starting. Uh, you know, and that was evident in some matches, but there was a lot of great stuff. Like I like I said, that uh, that main event was excellent, and um, I'll uh, I'll. I'll look at that as a as a great WrestleMania main event uh, for years to come. Uh, had three great generational stars there, uh, and you know, yeah, B minus. But I, as far as overall through the thirty seven WrestleManias, I would say it's it's on the it's in the mid. It's like neutral, you know. It's it's not it's not amazing, but it wasn't terrible. It was it was it was good, but not not incredible though. Fair assessment. Uh, Mike Cook, what's your what's your take on this? It seems like you're a little bit more, I guess I would say optimistic would be the word I would use as far as the way some of these went down. So right <laughs> now, smile. <laughs> we got a B and a B minus. Where do you grade this WrestleMania? So I'm giving it a B only because of Dana Brooks' boo popping out from sleeping. <laughs> Well, I had a feeling we were going to go down the Hustler of Hollywood, but not Dirty man. Dirty, Dirty man. Dirty man. Mike Cook. No, Behind um, the scenes, I, I'll, say this. I'll say this. <laughs> I, I give it a B because, you know, it, it is the first live show. Um, and for yeah. it to be WrestleMania, I'm sure there was a lot of pressure on anyone. Um, the first night, the show kind of got delayed because of the rain. Um and at the same time, like I said, they were big on psychology with a lot of the matches. Like I said, a lot of those fans thought Drew was going to win it. I don't care who you are. Everyone thought Drew was going to win it. You probably did. It was too. great he didn't. Yeah. It was, but, but like I said, it goes back to what I was saying. He was booked stronger than Lashley, even though he lost. Yeah. Yep. But, um, and then, like I said, I noticed some of the guys, they were kind of slick when it came to their entrances because, like I said, when Freeland stepped out, uh, some of those people, they were they had to improvise on walking to that ring because uh, they were really slipping. Um, another person that was overlooked in terms of what I think was uh, interesting, the Raw tag title match, the, the debut of Almost. Um a lot of people were surprised at how I spoke high regards to it because uh, of how far he went. He went from being a mediocre gimmick of a ninja for Akira Tozawa to now being Raw Tag Champion. Um, it really goes to show it's just about perfect timing. Um, the Nigerian drum match was another one. I almost thought you said the Nigerian drunk match. Sorry. The the idea of the match would make me get drunk because at first they never really explained what the rules of a Nigerian drum. Like they're barely even used drums in the match. Well, hold on a second. They never explained what a uh, what a a Punjabi whatever the hell that was. It was made of like. I didn't understand the hell out of that. Yeah. Yeah, Punjabi. That's what prisons look like in Punjabi. I, I don't know. In Punjabi. Know, I have no idea. Is that, Punjabi a place? That match Punjabi's was a language, unconvincing. But yeah. 
that match was unconvincing as Apollo Cruz's fake Nigerian accent. <laughs> but uh, I was glad that we saw Dabakato back, um, an actual Nigerian wrestler. So that goes with the gimmick where he plays as a soldier. Um, never seen a soldier with dreadlocks, but okay. Um, Happens. And it looks like the way they're booking him moveset-wise, it's like they're booking him as like WWE's version of Bad Luck Fale from New Japan. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. But, let's, I mean, I think this is where, uh, and I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now the universal title main event for SummerSlam. Roman Reigns. No. Oh. Because this is, once again, that Intercontinental title match, same formula as how the, the World Heavyweight title match was. Same formula. Biggie lost, but he still got over. Bigger. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm calling it now. At least SummerSlam tops. If it, if he's not in it, then he's pretty much close in the storyline. I'm going to have to go with Roman Reigns against Big E for SummerSlam. That'd be a great match. Yeah, I can no see way. it happening. And I can see Big E possibly winning the Rumble because it seems like they're really high on Big E. Yeah. He's, he's, you know. I want to throw it to, to uh, who has not had a grade yet? Is the writ? Has the writ given us a grade yet? Have you given us a grade? No, I have not, sir. Let's throw it to the writ here. Not to cut you off, Mike. My apology. Writ, oh, no, what is your what, what is your grade for WrestleMania, and where do you think it falls in the uh, in the histories of WrestleManias? I'm Up, giving it middle low, solid B plus. Oh, oh, oh. There, there was a lot of matches that I really enjoyed. There was a lot of stories. There's a lot of stars made on those two nights. Just like uh, what Mike was just got done saying, uh, in my opinion, they need a lot of talent to feed Roman to get till uh, next year when they go Hollywood, when that's The Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. Big E's one of them. My man Cesaro's going to be another one they're going to feed Roman. And Otis. Yeah. That's for you, Christopher. <laughs> Hell no. Well, hold on, hold on. Next year, next year's going to be in Dallas. Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. Two years. Jerry's uh, Jerry's world. Ah, close enough. Next year, wherever it's at. (laughs) It's going to be at Jerry Lynn's house? Okay, cool. I'm in. He's not in Dallas, but yeah. That landscape that Jerry Lynn has at his house is phenomenal. You'd pay pay just to see that. Yeah, I would. But I thought we were going to go a whole podcast without bringing up Otis once. But you know what? You got to thank our man from Arizona. Hey. Bringing it up. Arizona is just as bad as Canada, let me tell you. Oh, my God. What does that even mean? What does that have anything to do with it? Now you're bashing Canada and Arizona. Not okay. Now we're going to hear this. Look, look, you can't talk bad about Canada. I just got my first Canadian supporter. Boog, we're, we're, boog, the, night, you... the night the line was crossed. Yeah. <laughs> ain't ain't that the case? Hold it. Boog, did you hear the story that Mike told about the uh, – did you say she was delicious, the uh, police officer who came into the fossil store? 
and you guys started vibing pretty good. Have we forgotten about her already? I ain't say she was delicious. I mean, she wasn't bad looking, but you, you called her bed. something like pancakes and batter and syrup. Oh, and it's Francine. Else. Francine. No, oh, Francine's Francine. the okay. But what? Let's Francine, get back to the. Let's get back I to the said girl. Francine's thick like pancake batter. Thick like pancake <laughs> batter. <laughs> and I remember that that made Liam lose his mind. Oh, and it's doing That's it again. Funny. So wait a minute. So the girl at the, at the fossil store. Um, have you had? Have you had any more contact with her? She's a police officer, right? Yeah, she's a police officer in I think Fairfax County, and uh, she was probably she had to been if I would have guessed her age, late thirties. I mean, she wasn't bad looking, but the fact that as soon as she knew I was a wrestling fan and all that, and she called me like a teddy bear because she was like, just looking at your eyes through your mask, you're just like a cuddly teddy bear. And I'm like, I already know what that means when a woman tells me that. Uh, no. Yeah, no. So, so what's the what's the over under on seeing this woman again here? Let, let, let's let's be real. Zero to none. Unless, oh. so you you don't think you'll ever see her again? You think there's uh, no? You, but you got her digits though, didn't you? You got her number. Okay, that doesn't mean nothing. Well, I'm not I've saying that. I give her number to a lot of female customers at Fossil. Doesn't mean they call. Yeah, but here's the deal. Can you text her? I'm not new. Is she a Mike? Is she a Mike? All you gotta say, all you gotta say is like, I may be a cuddly teddy bear right now, but if you get me going, I'll be a wolf. Hold it, we gotta censor that. (laughs) Tell her, tell her, come on, tell her you do house spots. Tell her you do house spots. No, I just, I've I've dated a a cop before. I I just don't want to risk it. Do you think she would ever bring handcuffs involved? Do you think do you think that or the uh, no the baton? The handcuffs and the baton and big boss man steam playing in the background of my apartment, you know. He'll be up. serving hard times. You have to take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia. I'm like, all oh, you know, shackles. You were serving hard times. I'm like, can somebody get me out? Somebody get me out. We need to replace Cobb County, Georgia with where are you at? You're in Maryland? No, I'm in Northern Virginia. She's popping. I don't remember this stuff. You never do, which is why you should stop leaving me on red. I'm telling you, if you would have like handcuffed me, and if they said you only got one choice, one person to call, and it's Mike Freeland, if he answers, you're (laughs) off of the You're a free man. I'll tell you one thing. He actually responded within an hour tonight to me, so that was pretty good. I, I respected that, you know. I would have been stuck handcuffed. Now you, <laughs> now, now you darn well know I would never leave you high and dry. If you called me and it seriously, it was going down. Okay, <laughs> whatever that right, means. Man. You can. Sh- I'm, I'm showing my age. It was going down. Going down. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely help you out. I would bail you out, my friend. Mm, look, yeah. I'm be like Austin Powers in that movie. Free. <laughs> you and I are like Crockett and Tubbs. Freeland wasn't there to take me to the fair. <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. And Big a- Mark Cook is walking the line. You better watch out because he's walking to the bedroom. 
things out of his pants. Whoa. He will shoot it at the fence. He'll be hard time. Hard times. Does that mean I got to use the thing? You may not walk the next day real well. All right. You're going to search some hard times, girl. We're going to get in that bedroom and I'm going to lock you up. And you ain't going to do nothing about it. When I get my big old stick on you, you ain't going to do nothing but serve some hard times. Wait a minute. Did you, did you just, end that, with, did you just okay. end that with a ugh? What was that? Yeah, because Bossman always used to do that grunt at the end or he's shaking due to stumping and all that. You know how you do that. That was his diabetes. Serving hard times. My God. Um... <laughs> I don't even know how the hell we got off topic here. We, we were talking about WrestleMania. All right, so everybody gave their grades. I'm going to give my grade for WrestleMania. I'm giving it a C. Uh, the reason why I'm saying that is I've been to WrestleMania before. Um, and I'm not trying to act like, hey, I've been there. I've been to a WrestleMania before. Relax, um, Freeland. Relax. Uh -huh. <laughs> What's that? Well, which one was, I was that? WrestleMania 22, which was in Chicago. And it was the theme Ooh, song was that was one Big of my time. favorites. Big time, big time, big time. Peter Gabriel. So that was a good yes. one. I got to see Undertaker, Mark Henry in a casket match. I got to see Edge, the Rated R Superstar, versus Cactus Jack in one of the most violent yeah, matches in WrestleMania history. I got to see Shawn Michaels. Take on Vince McMahon in a hardcore match. Uh, I got to see the triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship. I got to see John Cena in Triple H. It was really a good WrestleMania. Who, who donated those Two, tickets for you? No one. Shut your mouth. Why do you? Why do you? Why? Why? Why do you always have to say that? I was a guest. He's a shit disturber. That's why. Yeah, who's, you are. Who's will call? Were you on? That's <laughs> we can solve this problem real quick. Anybody oh. want to keep shit talking? Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I've so, been kicked twice uh, already, so why not, to... right? You, you Okay, one reason you were kicked all off the stream is you, you were doing this luscious hair thing. thing. That's all. Oh, I'm sorry. Did that offend you? <laughs> my hair gets True. on my face. What do you want me to do? I mean, I'm yeah, bald. Nothing I'm not now because you're not on the feed. <laughs> no, my hair is on my face all the time. Oh, guess what? You can officially eat shit, too. Anybody else want to step in here? All right, we'll bring these goofballs back on. What the hell, Freeland? My God. Yeah, I can't help it. Who, who's now taking their face off the screen? Is it the Rit? You do not get to see the beautiful beard now. Oh, my God. I, look, I had to save myself. Look, if I had to whore out with the pectoral jump and save you guys, you're welcome. You know what? You know what? I'm, I'm like the oldest guy in the room here and you're like commenting on my hair. I'm lucky I have some right now. You know, I'm no, trying. you look, you look good. You actually have kind of a, yeah, you kind right. of, I'm you're old. a mixture between Chris Jericho and Jesus Christ. Well, and Jesus I mean, Christ and Vince Russo. We get it. Yes. Yeah. No, but there's somebody else. There's somebody yeah, else. I was and, and, uh, Carino. Cyrus. Steve Carino? Carino. Uh, I can take that. Cyrus. Yeah. Wow. Cyrus. Cyrus. Okay. Okay. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, that's fine. 
All right, so let's let's get on to our next topic, if we may. I'm sure we're going to get distracted like nobody's business. Um, we usually do. Yes, next topic. Where's my damn topics at? Oh, you want uh, me to pull them up for you? Yeah, you know what? You can eat it, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still got mine. CM, CM Punk, the movie. All right, CM Punk Which versus one would you watch? Batista. Which one would you be willing to spend money? So Batista's got another movie coming out. It's an action movie. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, CM Punk is doing a lot of uh, horror stuff. And um, it seems like he he's doing it again. So his next movie is going to be horror. Who are you willing? I believe both movies are going to be, I guess, in selected theaters and available on streaming. I know at least Punk's is. Who are you willing to drop some money on if you had to pick one movie? We're going to start out with Boog first. Only pick one. Would you put your money on watching Punk, or you want to watch Batista? Well, I love me a, a good horror movie. And if that's along the lines of what it is, then sign me up. Horror movies, to me, are very either hit or miss. But right. CM Punk is an interesting person. He um, is. You know, he's he's not a person. You know, he's... I. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw he was on a, a he did an interview I believe it was with Jim Rome. Yes. Maybe a year, a year and a half ago, two years when he first started doing MMA. And uh even Jim Rome said it was probably one of the worst interviews he's ever had. You know, he's just a dry personality, you know, just like he was asking him one question and the guy was giving like one word answers, real smart ass, you know, but um I think that a horror movie would be right up his alley. I really do. Um, I'm trying to figure out. Let me see if I found this out. What in what what is going on? Are we in a rave? What is Not that? Here. Is that you? Is that Boog? No. What is that? That's hide my. That's hide my dick's music. You can hear it all the way from where he is. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of figured. I kind of figured. Bring um, Anton in here. He'll play the music for us. We're all oh good. God. Oh my god. All right. So, so here's what's going on. CM Punk's horror movie. Um, I'm gonna pull it up here. I believe the title of the movie is gonna be called uh, Jacob's Wife. <laughs> Jacob's wife. Kinky. <laughs> yeah. This angle on Endgame. It's like it's like something Mike Unit probably would go see. Here we go. Uh seven years after a move from professional wrestling, Phil Brooks, also known as CM Punk, is in a unique position um with another movie coming out. It is going to be called Jacob's Wife, which hits selected theaters and on demand. Uh, digitally available on April the 16th. So we're literally just mere days away. This is coming off the heels of his 2019 horror movie he made called Girl on the Third Floor. Now, if by a show of hands, who has seen Girl on the Third Floor? I have. I've never even heard of it. Never heard that's of how, it. That Good sounds job, like Braylon. a movie I'd get at Dollar General. You know what? And I like and I like Dollar General. Um, it was interesting. It was a psychological thriller. It it did have some horror elements into it. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I really didn't think it was bad. I don't know what the ultimate reviews of it were, but I thought it was a decent movie. Um, so the story of this upcoming movie uh, entitled Jacob's Wife follows Anne, 
who is married to a small-town minister and feels like her life and marriage have been shrinking over the past 30 years. Now, after a chance encounter with the master, uh, played by Bonnie Aaron, she discovers a new sense of power and an appetite to live bigger and bolder. Uh, Anne is increasingly torn between her new existence of her life and her life before. Her body grows. Oh, her body count (laughs) grows. uh, And she realizes she'll have to fight. For her life, blah 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 blah. It's 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 an action-packed horror movie. So um, I'm gonna have to post the trailer so you guys can all watch it. So it's called Jacob's Wife. It comes out in selected theaters on the 16th and also digital, starring Phil Brooks, former WWE star. And um, I don't know. I mean. Here's the thing, you guys. You, we can say that that Phil Brooks dabbled in MMA. He didn't dabble in anything. Okay, he, he dabbled, was, but that's about it. I, I can't even really express that it was a dabbling in MMA because how many people literally get to have their first match in UFC? I mean, honestly, if his name was not Phil Brooks, would he have gotten the opportunity no. to compete in UFC right no. away? No, nope. he would have been on the independent circuit. He would have been having fights in small towns before he got a chance to go to maybe a Bellator or maybe anywhere else, but right up to UFC. And he was like, what was it like the co-main event at one show? Yeah. Cause they knew uh, it was going to yeah. be a huge payoff. He was going to be a big draw. And um, yeah. Yeah. A draw off a nice cigar lasted longer than, uh, than his, his draw. So anyway, um, so who are you saying? You're going with Phil Brooks, Boog? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, let's go to Liam. What are you thinking here? Are you willing to roll the dice on Batista in an action movie, or are you going to say, I think I'm going to go check out Mr. Bro- Mr. Brooks? I don't know. Batista's he's going to get you know, the bigger play out of this, probably because he's been in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that what he was in? He I has, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. That's right. I don't watch movies anymore, so I have no freaking clue what's going on. But uh, Punk... Uh, I'd go for him just because he's kind of the underdog in this. Yeah. You'll take a flyer on him. Okay. Sure. Rit, what do you got? By the way, you never told me what that logo is on that, that winter hat you got on. Uh, I get all my beard products from beardstruggle.com. So that's what that's from. Oh, okay. I thought you were just giving a random plug somewhere. No. Nice. Nice. So who are you, uh, who are you going to watch? You're going to watch Batista. Not, Not only Guardians of the Galaxy. Stuber, sure, phenomenal movie. Sure, ne- never, never heard of it. Oh, you have to watch it. Great comedy. It actually shows Batista has a sense of humor. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Unit, what you got? What you got? Big unit. Batista. <laughs> You're going with Batista. That's it. Two two. Yeah, two Batista. two. We got our, we got to split. Everyone who's left in the chat room, what's your take on this? Who are you picking? Are you picking Batista? Are you picking uh, Phil Brooks? Pick what I say. Pick what I say. All right. Uh, ECW fan says Batista or Barista. I'm not sure if he spelled that right. Nope. Uh, no, I'm kidding. He he picked Batista. Uh, nope, little psychopath says CM Punk. Punk. Uh, let's see who else. Who else? One to one. There you go. Cool. Batista, nice. Mikey Starks. Oh, so we got 
Mitch, Mitchie Blaze and Travis say both say punk. Yeah, okay. punk. And then all my uh, man butts back in it. But what's your deal? But get your butt into this thing, man, right now. <laughs> Batista. Canada Batista. needs to be represented by somebody. Other than uh, I'm oh, here, wow. dipshit. What the fuck? <laughs> but fuck Batista now. is one is one up. Batista's Batista one up. is one. <laughs> You know a movie that I always wanted to see, but I never got to see it so far? It's Tom Hardy. Is it Tom Hardy in um, Venom? Oh, yes. I could easily get behind that. That is a is a story. Is that is that Marvel? Yes. Venom? My, my son loves that. Sure. If you want, I can send you the uh, the link. It's a, uh, it's a share movie. I can share it with you. Well, hey, I'm all about sharing, man. Sharing is caring. Oh, speaking oh, of that, speaking of that, I would like to to give a special shout out to somebody who actually sent me a DM, and I'm going to read the DM because it was it was so thoughtful. It was me. I know. It was from Anthony, and gosh, I hope I don't pronounce his name wrong. It's M E I N Z. Is it means? Mines. Mines. He says. He says, and I write. Uh crap. Let me here. Um, he goes, hey was just at Target and saw Rio Pac in both Jacksons. Did you want me to pick any up? <laughs> so I had an opportunity to take one of two paths. I could have been a little on the moochie side, or I could have said, you know what, man, I'm good. And I told him I greatly appreciate that, but I'm good right now. He says he wished everybody continued success. He still listens to the show. He's a great guy. Sends his love to... Mike World Order sends his love to all the boys in Canada and to Boogster and to the Rit. So, Anthony, nice. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, if you if you happen if you happen to come across any of these guys again, Boogster, hit me up as well. Let me know. Anybody else I, who can I hit could me use up. some. I could use some. Use some what? Action figures. Are you sure? Trying, Why are not? you trying to move? I'm working this corner, man. I'm working. Get out of here. We don't even need that. My Look, God. Leaf can turn, can turn water into wine. Why Dude, can't he, why can't he turn a stone into an AEW action figure? I have no idea, but he lives in a third world country. The man's hanging out in his garage. I don't know what's going on Good here. God. Let's br- let's bring him back in. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, and that's the easy way to get yourself deleted. Probably, we're probably God. the last rated Twitch show in Canada now. Thanks, Freeland. We, yeah, well, I'm trying really, really hard. Are you ready to behave yourself? So you know this means you got to wet your hand. I got to do what to him? I said you got to wet your hair now because now you're being the bastard Freeland. What oh, is going on? What did bastard, I do? The bastard Freeland. Yeah. What did I I'm, do? Hey, listen, listen, listen here, pal. Let me tell you something. What? It's <laughs> my... five or six times so far. God damn it. I'm trying. The bastard Freeland. I'm trying to get. Listen, I've I got him sitting right here, and 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 I tell you what, I got, I got, this is from the Boogster because the Boogster appreciates talent. He appreciates it. Look at this, the bastard oh. And I got uh, Orange Cassidy. Look at this. This is no. You know what, Mike World Order, you can officially eat a big pile if he's running wow. to go get his figures. Here we go. Here we go. Boom. It's all okay. I'm say. So here, oh, I'll throw it out tri- there. You know what I got this week. You, you know what I got this week? <laughs> Herpes. I got my FRM merch. Finally. I finally got it. 
You so finally I, got your effort from from uh, what company did you <laughs> order that from? From the Spreadshirt. From go get it. Do you want me to get it now? Yeah. I We're doing the got. show. Put I camera. will come back with it then. Okay, I'll be right back. No, put your camera. To- Don't run. Yeah, geez, oh, Pete's. He lives in Canada. I don't think they have like hospitals there or not. This is ridiculous. You know what? You know what? Since we had, you know, Booth and Mike, I don't know if you guys. I didn't do shit. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I said I was going to be right back. I was giving me something to drink and something to snack on, man. Okay. I thought you were going to show off with your AE dub figures. Like uh, like my furry friend over here hanging out with his, furry friend. with his turtles. Did you no, say you had an extra Kenny Omega that you you wanted to get rid of, Rit? All kidding aside, I said I can get you one. Is it from that guy that you hooked me up with? What? Yeah, that guy. Okay. Hey, you, still got the, you still got that uh, website? No, I still got all the contact information. I'm just saying, like, is he going to charge me an arm and a leg to go ahead and, and for shipping? No, if it's there, I'll go pick it up and ship it to you for free. Oh, well, I tell you what, I'll I'll call that guy. Is he still free. selling them out of out of the, out of the hey hey hey? You know what? <laughs> no, I could never do that to Boog. I could never have Boog leave here. All right, hold hey. on a second. A little You're- psychopath. I we can't confirm that. We don't know if Canada has hospitals. We have no idea. Maybe oh, we have free health care. They're doing better than we are, I'll tell you that. Um, all right. So I think we pretty much are kind of split here. Some of us went punk, some of us went uh, Batista. That's fine. Uh six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, right? Yep. Split right down the middle like a burger. Right down like a burger. <laughs> Which uh the dark order. Uh, Alex Reynolds has said he did split it, but now he realized cutting his burger is a giant mistake. So when we talk to more Dark Order people, such as Johnny who? What's his name, Rit? Johnny Hungry. Johnny Hungry. We're going to talk to him hopefully soon since he's recovering. And uh, We should try to get every member on. We should try to get every Dark Order member. I would like to get... Uh, Anna J, I think would be a great interview. We could, we, we would have to be out with, with one person. One of the yeah. four of us will have to be sit out that one. Um, I have a strong feel. I have a strong Thank feeling you. that's going to have to be Mike World Order. What? <laughs> yeah, you're over there licking your fingers already, Mike. That's Mike, eating on the bar. Mike, I don't even, I don't even care, Mike. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to bring Ron. You're going to be like, hey. <laughs> You black okay, Crisco, baby. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Anna J is not too far from where I'm originally from. What See, does so, that even mean? <laughs> look, all I gotta do is use the hometown reference. And I'll yeah. be like, hey, could you also wear one of my Mike Ward Order t-shirts? Oh Jesus. Okay, thank God you didn't say wear something else. You would not you would not tell her to I'll send you a Mike Ward Order thong. Hell no. I'm trying to get the t-shirts, man. By the way, if somebody would like to purchase a, a Mike World Order buddy doll, what are we talking uh, price on that one? So they can be made through uh, Brothers Gador in New York. For the one-sided ones, it's $70 plus shipping. For two-sided, I think it's like 90 plus shipping. And it's literally like 95% accurate to how I look. 
And you have one right now at your house. No, my niece has it. Your niece has Oh, so you don't actually have one to show us right now. Oh, oh no. She has. I made sure she was going to get the first. And I also the found out one. not too long before tonight's show that I'm about to be a three-time uncle because my firstborn niece is pregnant. So that makes me a great uncle. So now I got three nieces. Well, no. I got three kids, but I don't know what number three is going to be, but I got a feeling it's going to be a, a girl anyway. So, yeah, I'm a three-time uncle. Well, congratulations to you and your family. Three P. Three P. Three yeah, P. I, that's I, right. I had, the, I had the triple crown of, of kids. And the funny part is I'm the only member of the family who's not married and don't have kids. I did something right. Well, not that you know of. Yeah, that's true. Hold, hold it. Hold, hold it. Hold it. One second, Mike. We'll, we'll get back to the the – the family tree here for a second. Hold up that shit. Hold it up. Get get that, Hold that shit up. Turn it around. Turn it around. Did you get the snap back or did you get the regular back? Or the, I got the, the full back. I got the full back. You like the MLB? Sure. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but okay. And uh, I got the shirt. You got a fitted hat. That's it's a fitted yes. hat. Thank yeah, you, Boog. You Thank you. It's a fitted hat. Put the hat and the shirt on right now. I'm, uh, take off your uh, take yeah. off. Take, take off. What am I, monkey or something? Clothes. What the hell, man? Take off your clothes. Take them off. Hey, Lee, no, I'm not that, doing that. That shirt looks just like mine. What about you, Freeland? Why I do hope, you have to? Why do you have to caress yourself every time you talk about the shirt you have? I hope. I hope balls. I do the same thing for too. your interview, and then when it becomes better effect, Freeland, turn their head. I, I think they will. I got yeah. a Kenny Omega shirt that you'd be jealous that I got that you don't have. There we go. There we go, boys. Hold on, we're gonna get to the Kenny Omega action figure question in a minute. But Liam, Liam, put the camera on your face. <laughs> Put, put the Hello. camera on your Here's what, yeah, that's beautiful. Do me uh, a big favor. Do me a big favor. Uh, turn turn it around so we can see the back. Of the hat? Yeah. Yeah, the hat. On your head. There it is. On your head. Don't hold it up like that. Okay, well, you got to be Sears specific, catalog? man. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like it. You got some weird stuff in that garage. What in the heck? Okay. Paul Heyman. Oh, my God. Boog, he does. He's got the no, 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 no. Do you have a black trench coat? No. What do they call that coat? It's called something. It goes all the way down. Sting wears it. What do they call it? It's a special coat. It's a. You know what? I'm getting a little concerned here because it seems like every week there's a new thing I'm being compared to, and I'm I I don't know. Like, can I just be me? Some people call them long jackets or what else do they call? It's a duster. Duster, you get. I don't go. want a now. duster. Okay, here's I the know. deal. Hey guys, let's make a deal right now with Liam. Okay, Liam. No, we, no, no, no. We no. get it. You live in Paraguay. Here's the deal. Here's what I want you to do. Okay. What the fuck. I have no idea. It's where you choose to live. Anyway. Okay, um, sure. I live in Paraguay. Yeah. Right. What we're gonna do is, I will promise to never make another reference to you other than Liam Savage. He'll forget. No, 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 no. I will not because you can chastise me. I will you forget never... to text back all the time. You know what? You know what? Yeah. Thank See you. See you, Boog. Take it. Oh. Yeah. Guy speaks the truth. What the fuck? No, okay. He doesn't go ahead, okay. Freelincoln. Here's the deal. If you go ahead and take off your shirt and go ahead and what put the fuck? Oh, oh my God. I hope he has Medicare. Um, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Back up. Back up. Take your shirt off. Oh my God. The, then put I'm on the FRM shirt. I'll be right back. Put on the <laughs> FRM shirt. And then, like you're doing the NWO angle, like you're officially joining. Right. 
Are you on drugs? Are you okay? I feel this fantastic. Dude, this dude says straight up, if you can take your shirt What the fuck do you want from me right now? Like, have I not pledged my allegiance already with this hat? This nice hat and this nice shirt? Do I have to strip naked for you? Is that all you Whoa, want? Oh, no one ever said that. What we were saying is... You implied it. Ah, yeah, hey, that's all you, my friend. Oh. Look at look at poor Boog. Poor Boog's evening has just gone to hell. We're, we're hey. turning Boog into an alcoholic. This is not hey, Boog, are you okay? Like, did that traumatize you, man? Like, I'm sorry. Lean up. We'll, we'll okay. Uh, we'll be okay if you just put the sparkling water. FRM pod shirt over your other shirt. How about See, that? See, I can that do good. that, Rit. I can do that. However, Mike wanted to be perverted. He wanted a different path. It, I can do the way you said it, sure. It, Wait a I minute. Can do that. Why it's is pretty... it when Mike Cook says something, it's not perverted? Because all of a sudden he'll throw in something about Tokyo, and we're like, "Whoa, totally distracted." But I say something, and it's like, "Wow, this guy should be on to catch a predator." And that's not the case. Well, it's because, because you're a pervert, like Freeland. That's why. All right, here's what we're gonna do. Don't I want you to hold on. Uh -oh. Let let's set the camera down facing us. Okay. Set the camera out and then put the shirt over top your clothes. Put it over over top. But we you need had to say that you got the merchandise, huh? You had to say it. Yeah, well, hey, I you know that was, was my mistake. I know. You knew this was coming. No, I didn't. I didn't know this was coming. I thought I'd be like, hey guys, look at this. I'm supporting the podcast. You'd be like, great, good for you. No. It's like, oh, here's a, here's uh, you know, you doing the whole strip tease for me, okay. taking off your clothes, putting on something that gets me aroused. I'm sorry, Mike. Okay. <sighs> Just okay. Well, here's what you're gonna do. Apologizing to Put the shirt on over your other shirt. Do I can that. do that. Okay. Right now, Puts on the camera. On the skin. Yes, boy, boss. It does what it's Here we go. Here we go. This is gonna be uh, good. See, Lee. It's been several weeks since Freeland seen a uh, a niche slip from Jerry. That's it. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, here we go. Yeah, here hold we it, go. hold it. Stop, stop, stop what you're doing. Pause. We need to get the right music here. Hold on a second. Oh, don't do it. Please don't do it. I'm going to put get, some. He's going to get you Chippendale's music. No, I know. I'm going to get you the God right one. You ready? <laughs> do it, baby. Oh, God. This is good. Why does it look like he's wearing a shirt from like a uh, like an oil change place? What's going on with that? It's because it's a fitted shirt, okay? All right, here we go. Oh, that's better. That's better. You guys are fucked up. You put it on backwards? I don't know what nope. he did. Uh, they don't know what he did. I'm not really getting a good camera shot here. Yeah, point it to your bike. There. Is that better? Flip your hair. Flip your hair. <laughs> it's tucked into your shirt. Flip that. Flip that shit. There we go. Am I a whore now? <laughs> Fuck. What does that fucking do for you, Freeland? Hey, I appreciate that. You know what? It didn't. You? It didn't take that much. It didn't take that much. Now step back a little bit so we can see the full shirt in its full regalia. And he's gonna get to end <laughs> his podcast. Damn fucking blown.
What is he doing? Holy fucking shit. What is he doing? Are we I'm watching a <laughs> phone? Are we... Guys, there. Okay, are we, are watching... we happy now? There we go. See, look at that. Hey, throw it up. Throw it up. Throw it up. That's right. Mike. Oh. Throw it up. Throw it up. Yep. Rit, get 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 your hands up. Come on, man. Throw it up. Throw that up. There we go. Yeah. There we go. See, now you're officially in. Especially in what? This is what ECW huh? fan just said. <laughs> this is ridiculous. God, I love ECW. I agree. He did. And Freeland Smith. Look, just remember, it could always get worse. It could, but How? guys, it will How the get fuck worse. is it going to go worse than this? It can't get worse because you're going to go on over to twitch.tv forward slash Mike World Order tomorrow. What time again? 9 p.m. Eastern. 9 p.m. Eastern. Do not miss it. There's going to be a huge special guest. We are not going to say who it is yet, or are we going to reveal that again? Otherwise, I will strip down with playing Mark Henry in the background. Oh, it's sexual, baby. Oh, yeah. I will will blast it all to you. I will blast it in this right now in this chat, and I will strip down and and sing the theme song. Hey, why didn't you offer to do that instead of me? You could have done that, you know? Because... Because you're the sacrificial lamb. Plus, you were fighting it. I just let it happen. Hey, I do my own thing, but then Freeland's, uh, you know, throwing the uh, the pressure at me, and I mean, I feel like I got to do it because he he's like to. that, you know. Because he's because he's like that. Oh my! Yeah, God. he likes to pr- put the pressure on people to do things, and then it's like if he doesn't get his way. He takes me out of the chat like he does all the time. Oh, that's not what? accurate. Yeah, just did it. Um, all right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna jump back in here. We got to get on our next topic. Let's get on our next topic. Who's Let's ready for this? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get on it. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, Feel the thunder. Here's the. I don't know why that just got me, but. Here's a here's a question. Uh, the I guess the Wednesday Night Wars, if you want to look at them from that perspective, are officially over. Now, some people say the Wednesday Night Wars were perpetuated by the fans. Liam has said on numerous occasions, not necessarily war. The fans were the ones that really were telling people to pick sides. And some people agree with that. Some people say, no, it was the reincarnation of the wars. So here's my question to everybody. We're going to go to Boog first. Um, AEW had a very difficult time cracking a million. Do you think now that they're going to be all alone on Wednesday nights, it is sink or swim for them with no competition? I think it's, uh, I think it's swim for them. You know, I think, you know, with the success they've had, you know, with the uh, last couple big pay-per-views they've had, I think that they might be able to steal a few fans, you know, when, you know, uh, um, those nice, but we'll we'll see. I mean, I definitely think that um, that um, I don't think they'll sing. You know, I mean they they had a they had a good fan base even with with the competition. But I do believe that um, you know, I, I think they can get a couple more people. You know, to watch. We'll see. Are, Boog, are you surprised that? Um, last week, which was the beginning of WrestleMania weekend, which they had the takeover. The takeover beat Dynamite. Were you not really surprised? I think also, you know, I think I think it's, uh, um, you know, I think it's kind of like with this, you know, the, you know, the, 
trying to compare it to football. You know, like I think a lot of people sleepwalk through maybe the first two rounds of the playoffs and you get to the AFC, NFC divisional round, and I think people start paying more attention to it. I think that might have been the case with, you know, WrestleMania is coming up. You know, let's see how this week's going to develop. I think there was a lot of questions going into WrestleMania that didn't have answers. And I think people wanted to try to see if they could get those answers beforehand. But, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. We'll see if it, you know, see if that, uh, yeah. see if that goes on going forward. But No, that makes total sense. I mean, I, I had a feeling going against, um, I guess, night one it was of NXT um, was going to be tough sledding. For, for AEW, no matter what they put on there, just for the curiosity, the interest, like you said before, of heading into WrestleMania, what could be, are they going to throw out any surprises right before that? So very interesting here. So you would also say in the same context that you think NXT ratings will go up as well. Yeah, I, I think they will. I think you might have people who are interested from AEW that might watch NXT just to see what the product is. You know, hey, I remember, you know, back in the days with uh, Nitro and, and Raw, you know, it's kind of for me one or the other. You know, but if they were on separate days, then things might have been a little bit different for me. Maybe I could have watched Nitro on Tuesday and then Raw on Monday, you know. I think that I agree. could happen. I agree. Liam, I'm going to throw it to you. Um you think this works out best for both companies? So now, because it seemed like fans were most likely either watching one live and DVRing another or trying to flip back and forth, and therefore the numbers weren't necessarily really great in, in either camp's uh, favor. This is going to be, everybody can watch this night if they want, unabated. They can watch this night unabated, therefore... We're really going to see at this point in time if the show itself stands up on its own. Um, I think there is AEW fans, NXT fans, and then the ones that like to flip that like both. What you're going to find through both nights is it's not going to increase that much. That's just my thought. I think the increase will be a little bit from people that are curious. And then you can have the channel flippers that couldn't find a side and they're going to pick one or the other. It's not going to be clear cut. Uh, they might go up about maybe 150 each, 150,000 each. Okay. I don't see it being a major increase. Uh, I don't see a decrease happening, but I don't see a major increase. Um, to think that it's going to be some major win for AW, like, oh, they knocked off NXT, NXT happens to find its own night. It's not the case. Like, uh, people are creature habits. So if uh, people watch NXT every week, they're going to say, okay, well, now I know it's on Tuesday. They're going to go to Tuesday. And the same with AW. Like I said, the key part is going to be those channel flippers. And it doesn't seem to be like that much anymore because people don't really flip channels as much anymore. I don't even have cable. I haven't had cable in years. Okay. So I don't, I don't even enter that demographic, but you need to think that's going to be the key thing. If you can get those channel flippers to decide on one or the other channel, then, you know, you're going to make up your demographic. Otherwise it's, it's not going to go up by too much. I wouldn't think, but that's just me. 
No, Little Psychopath says, I don't think it will make much of a difference. Um, Travis Boham also jumps yep. into the conversation, says they will see a small increase, but nothing significant. Once again, in line with Liam's comments, uh, ECW fan also chimes in. This is a good thing for the fans. Now they can watch everything. Um, yep. So, and Travis Boham also says 100% agree. So I think uh, it's going to be interesting. A lot of people are in camp Liam. I do think Boog. Bo- Thank you. Wow, Boog makes a lot of good comments <laughs> as well. Um, is as far as you know what, it's going to get interesting. But you're you are still going to have your loyal AEW and you're going to have your loyal WWE. And I think people are now going to have a chance to really see everything without being distracted by oh did I miss this oh did I miss that I know some people right now who have two uh, TVs and they have them both on like monitors and they have them on mute and they just watch and here's the thing I'm a wrestling fan I I very much am I'm not going to get into like NASA control center to watch my pro wrestling I I I like it a lot but I'm not going to try to watch two television shows simultaneously because i know i'm gonna miss something uh let's go to the writ uh what's your thoughts on this you think one's gonna jump up one's gonna jump even higher or are they gonna stay the same well don't forget about the third company that switched from tuesdays to thursday nights yeah this is true impact now i would say impact probably moved because exactly they realize we don't want to be in direct competition with anyone we need to do our thing nice and quietly. We're going to go ahead and we're going to move. Um, so they well, were a- acquiescing their spot. But now overall, like ECW fans said, the winners are, are the fans. They got wrestling agree. for the first time. And I, I can't even remember. Every night of the week. Yep. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, Sunday. We don't have our Saturday morning stuff anymore, do we? No, but maybe we should come up with a show Saturday morning. No. You you mean like like another Twitch show? FRM Saturday morning. Saturday morning, FRM. (laughs) Have your scrambled eggs and sausage. No, I don't. I I think if we have another FRM show, it needs to be like at 2 a.m., really gritty, down and dirty. Yeah. Don't sit there and tell nobody. Don't tell nobody where it is. So you got to search for it like the original ECW Dark shows. Web. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, so you're saying the fans are the real winners? Yeah, yeah. Fan, the fans are the real winners because now you got wrestling every night of the week. You know, if you're curious, you can sit there. You, you can have NXT fan. Okay, let's check AEW out. You know, AEW. Let's check NXT out. Nice. You know, and. I- I'm also interested to see what AEW does now that they have a bigger spotlight on them. Because, I mean, listen, I know next isn't Raw or SmackDown, but WWE is a proven commodity. Mm -hmm. They have been for many years. AEW is still on the rise. I think that they still need to keep working as hard as they have, if not harder, to get some more people away from um, that brand and WWE, um, I think I think it's I think it puts the magnifying glass on them a lot more, and you know might need they might need to step their game up a little. 
No, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I'm kind of torn about this whole um, AEW, like, YouTube stuff. Like, I think in a way it's kind of cool. Um, I don't know. I just think if you're going to do another show, wouldn't you want to do it on, you know, either a TBS or maybe yeah, something? Do you know what I was going to say? Yeah, do you know what I was going to say is that I think they should, in a way, model it after old WCW Jim Crockett promotions. Uh, have something six o'clock Saturday. Um, it's not a bad time slot, you know. Some people are just not ready to go out for the night. Uh, you know, it's uh, dinner time. They can put it on when they're making dinner six o five, right? Saturday. Um, that wouldn't be the worst idea uh, if they could translate it that way. I'm sure there's something in place where they couldn't get it, and that's why they're on YouTube. I understand that, but at the same time. It probably wouldn't hurt to have it on regular TV. Uh, YouTube is worldwide, obviously, but I mean, TV's where you can say you have to tune in at this time to see it. It's not the same as the 80s or the 90s or even the early 2000s, but it wouldn't hurt to say, hey, we're on TBS 605 Saturdays, just like the old WCW was, and then it's appointment viewing, right? Right. No, I don't, I don't disagree, but I think – do you also – don't want to put too much product on TV because you don't want to water it down yeah. either. Well, no. could it, could it I be... think that's I think that's a good idea. But then Saturday night, you're also going against boxing pay-per-views. Yeah. You're also against UFC. MMA pay-per-views. You're going against whatever sports there are Saturday. And you're also going against college football when the season's on. That's true. Um, I also uh, – oh, go ahead, Rit. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh. But uh, do you think the YouTube might be a, uh, a starting point to see if they have enough viewers and, and viewage, you know, well, but instead of just jumping into, okay, an extra hour show? Will we have yeah, but I mean, it? as far as YouTube goes, that can be, uh, you know, viewers, you could have viewed two minutes of it, you could have viewed the entire show. That's uh, true. I don't know if that's necessarily the best demographic to be finding that out. It doesn't hurt to see... Here's my numbers on YouTube. Can I translate that to actual TV? I get that, but you don't know how it's going to work exactly. It's probably better for them to monitor it uh, on actual TV and see quarter hours, uh, full hours, all that, as opposed to YouTube where you're just seeing how many views you got, which you could have a million views, but it means, say, half a million of those people could have watched for five minutes doesn't necessarily mean they watch the full hour or two hours, right? So, but how does that work, though? I know back in I don't know. years ago, it used to be a diary that the um, cable company would send you, and then they would pay you a very small monetary amount, and you would keep this this Nielsen diary. Is it different nowadays where they actually come in and put a device on the TV so they electronically get what all these ratings are? Is anybody familiar with that? Nope. So being someone who, you know, so I used to do like video editing and TV and all that. I used to take classes based off on that. So how they would do it, it's called the Nielsen's rating. It's based yep. similar to YouTube. Like YouTube is based on how many views. Um, the Nielsen rating is based on how long you were watching it. You also got to look at it like this too. A lot of people throw their wrestling content on YouTube because not everyone can afford paying the company to produce that. So I get it. They're, they're keeping Dynamite on Wednesdays just so they have their regular TV show. If they were to have a second show, they had to pay for that show as well. 
no offense, with TNT investing in the TV show Light Dark, where it's mostly the lower card, mid card, and the jobbers on there, not for two hours. If they maybe right. did, I don't know, a 30-minute show, like 30 minutes before Dynamite came on, I can see them doing that, AEW Dark, half an hour before um, Dynamite, and they could just do highlights of those 20 plus matches that's on YouTube, you know, if anything that would cross promote it, you do a 30 minute highlight reel of it. Right. So when you do that, you know, you can mention, yeah, we're on YouTube, but while you're doing that also cross promote and don't forget to watch us on Wednesday nights, you know, that's going to increase viewers on both ends. Um, because you also got to look at it like this. YouTube is a free platform. That's that's how some people are able to make their money. And if anything, most people watching those AEW darts, that's probably what's helping them get their money to be, you know, to pay TNT as well, too. Because I'm pretty sure even though they got a contract with TNT, they still got to pay something in it, too. That's why they keep that's why TV companies have sponsors. That's why they use them to shill all their commercials out, you know, so with well, uh it, it goes I, hand in hand, Mike. Sometimes you got to give a little to get a lot. I agree, you know, but I, I love the accessibility with this company so far because you think about this. Every tablet that you purchase, every phone that you have that, that's sold, majority of them have YouTube. Yep. You can mm-hmm. access YouTube from anywhere, okay? I can't I, – I've no, I haven't had cable since I first moved out on my own. Okay, because I thought it was a necessity. Boy, did I learn quick that it wasn't. But it's easy to get YouTube anywhere. Cable, not so much. For a company that's that's as fresh as AEW is, I mean, think about it. A year and a half, two years really isn't anything in this business. But to, to be as accessible as they are, I, I, I like that a lot. And I think it's it's a it's a stone that they turned. And in the end, they can't say that they didn't at least try that route. No, I agree. I think you're right. I think you're, yeah. if you're trying to garner an audience and trying to get people invested in it, low investment, high reward, put it on YouTube. If it gets enough traction, then we can go with it. It's kind of like a, a, a lab test, if you will. So mm-hmm. very, very good point about that. Uh, two last for surviving. I mean, two last. Well, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, Mike. Um, yeah. Two. Two last quick topics here uh, before we put a bow tie on it, and we'll make this one fairly quick. Punk uh, recently made a comment about whether or not he would come back to wrestling, and he gave his pros and cons for both WWE and AEW. When he spoke about maybe going to WWE, he said he would go back if he could work with Triple H, um, meaning in a match. Now, he did make the comment if he went back to wrestling and he went to AEW, obviously he would have the opportunity with Kenny Omega and there would be some other stars that he would be interested in that he could have some good matches. Round the horn real quick. We're going to go with Rit first. Uh, if he were to come back, is there still enough interest in CM Punk at all, period, regardless of where he goes? And B, where do you think would be the best place for him, even if it was a short run? I don't think uh, he's that big of a name marquee anymore, personally. Uh, what does he have to bring to the table now? Can he still go? 
how long has it been since he's been in the ring? You know, all those questions uh, bring to my attention. I think it's been a good seven years. Yeah. You know. And I mean, so, his, his body did get beat up with doing the whole MMA thing. So you, you, you got to kind of wonder, do, are you going to get a guy who's going to be what we remembered? Or are you going to get a guy seven years after all of that and potentially having accumulation of injuries? And WWE or AEW, overall, I think WWE would be the smarter point for him. Maybe a one-off with Triple H. And then, you know, tie a little bow tie on it and be done. And AEW, they're, 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 he could go there to help put people over. But like a Kenny Omega, if he beats uh, CM Punk, who would he beat? A guy that hasn't wrestled for seven years. Right. Where if CM Punk beats Kenny Omega, he just beat the quote-unquote best in the world. Well, it's not quote unquote. I mean, I don't really think it's even a conversation. It's here. opinion. We're talking about Kenny Omega here. Kenny so. Omega. All right. So I get your point completely. Real quick, Mike, Mike Unit, real quick. What do you think? WWE, AEW, is it even a marquee interest rate neither. either? Neither. You the reason why I say neither is because. I, I think that the CM Punk ship is sailed long ago, long, long ago. Um, and not just that, just the relevancy of it. What good would he be in either promotion? Like, let's look at it, whether it's short-term or, or long-term. What good would he be? The only way I can see CM Punk coming back is if he's in, like, the Hall of Fame, maybe. But that's about it, if he ever gets in. I mean, sadly, Chris Benoit has a better chance. Um, I don't know. I could, I could Pegasus. See, oh, yeah, I my bad. Wild Pegasus. I don't but, think that he, he's going to have an issue with getting in the Hall of Fame. I don't I don't right. think that his relationship's that strained. He, he should have been in it already in that case. He's been inactive as a wrestler for seven years. You know, um, honestly, it would be nice to see him in Ring of Honor. That's where he got his teeth cut in as a star. I can see him in Ring of Honor giving back, you know. But do you think it's? Do you think his ego is going to allow him to be putting other guys over? I mean, he, he's CM Punk, former WWF champion or whatever you want to call the company. Is he going to really want to be a job guy? Not not really yeah. a job guy, but like put guys over. We just saw Christian come back from a seven year layoff, and he went ahead and he went over Frankie Kazarian. I mean. I don't know. That's a very difficult call. Um, yeah, but there's a difference between Christian and CM Punk, though. Christian was doing it all of his all of his career. Yeah, and Christian also has longevity in his career compared to CM Punk. Even during when he wasn't wrestling, he still found ways to stay relevant without being a glory hound. You know, he did the podcasting. He had his shows on the network with Edge. You know, it's that's a big difference. That's that's not even close to comparison, CM Punk to Christian. No offense. No, that's Christian. fine. I'll, I'll just take you off the stream. You, you argue with the host. You know, he's, I'm just saying he's, he's more well-established. Don't get me wrong. CM Punk right. at one point had the record-breaking title, whatever. 
But with Christian, he, he's been there. He's done that. He's put people over, you know. Lee, hey, Liam Savage, we're, we're going we're gonna to throw it to you. What do you think? Is there any market value in him? And if he were to get phone calls from either company, who's he answering the phone call for? Let's go to WWE. That's where he made his uh, his biggest uh, his biggest popularity was in WWE. If he went against Triple H, like you're saying, man, the the marquee just alone on that would be huge. Uh, we can't discount his name. He was uh, a massive star during the. Um, I guess the 2010 era, the uh, and then he dropped off, right? So if we look at that fact, yes. If we look at the fact that he would, say, be going against Kenny Omega, it doesn't do much for me, just because I'm not a big Kenny Omega fan. I'm sorry, Freeland. Don't boot me out again, please. I'm making... He got booted. He got booted. <clears throat> As I'm saying. Anyways, um, yeah. So uh, the the thing is, though, WWE is where he needs to go. He needs to finish up. He needs to put a pin in that and say, "I'm done there." Here's the person I need to go against, which is the natural competitor, which is Triple H. Him too, sure, but he's not there. But okay, uh, yeah. Let's go against Triple H. Let's get him done. Uh, if he needed to go after that, say he got jobbed out in WWE, go to the AW, whatever. But let the WWE chapter just finish. Yes. And let's uh, let's get that settled. Make it a big money match like a SummerSlam or WrestleMania. And uh, go from there. Peace out then. Nice. Sure. Well, I tell you what, guys, it has been a great show. It has been a long show. We uh, we want to thank so many people for being a part of it. Um, but before we, we do our fairly wells, uh, we're going to start off with Boog here. Boog, how can people continue this conversation if they want to chat with you about wrestling on social media? Uh, I got Twitter underscore Boog. Hold on, hold on. Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> What? Hey, God, God, like, I don't know, man. Got like Twitter. Hold on. Mind. I don't give it. Hey, 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 hey. I don't give a shit. You ready? Three, two, one. Give me some intensity. All right. So if you want to talk some wrestling or shoot, shoot the shit, it's underscore bug one on Twitter. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Like it. Excellent. Uh, We're going to throw it over to Mike. Mike unit, Mike. What's going? It, it looks like uh, it looks like Cyrus has got the got the got the cova. So we're oh, gonna throw it to Mike ours. unit. Mike unit, what's going on? How can people reach out to you? Uh, they got the big show tomorrow. So tell everybody the when, the where, and where they can get your merchandise. Alrighty, um, I'll, I'll start from the top. So you can find me on Instagram at Mike World Order. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Unit, as uh, quoted by uh, Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, that's Mike with five eyes, Unit, um, on Twitter. Uh, for merch, tinyurl.com slash NWO merch. And also 
for Twitch, which I'll be doing the live podcasting. Um, Twitch.tv slash Mike World Order. The episodes will be posted also on YouTube, which you can find at um, hashtag Mike World Order Central. Um, I'm also on Spotify, Apple Music, all other major platforms with the Mike World Order show. If you post me Mike photo, that means you found me. And other than that, tomorrow night's episode will be at 9 p.m. Eastern once again. Uh, please tune in if you're able. If not, hey, at least you tried. <clears throat> Freeland. Freeland. Wait, 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 wait. Why do I get a called out here? Why do I get a called out? I'm just, I'm just what, what was a humble. Last week, Mike? Huh? What was his excuse last week? Oh, he had the COVID shot. Mind you, when I did the, the episode <laughs> live with y'all, it was like hours after I took mine and I was feeling like shit. But I still did it. Blue game, Jordan. Mike, Mike, I love you. And if you did not feel good, I would have completely <laughs> understood. Freeland. <clears throat> Freeland wasn't there. No. They take me to the fair. They change my underwear. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Lee, uh, Mike. So, what's your what's your Twitter handle again? Mike Unit. That's Mike with five eyes and Unit. That was given to me by Mikey Whipwreck on a past episode of FRM. He pretty much said, "What, what was I originally called? One Mike Unit." So he kept saying Mike Unit, but the way he said it, it sounded like he was saying my unit. Kind of like my pillow, my yeah, unit, my pillow. yeah, my unit. So, and he would always piss you off because he'd be like, "My unit, my unit." Billy Crystal's so, next movie. Mikey Whipwreck <laughs> put me over. Thank you, Mikey. All right, we're gonna throw it to uh, Cyrus slash Vince Russo slash Paul Heyman. Uh, Fucking which, hell. What's going on with you, buddy? Tell everybody how they can follow you and if they want to continue this conversation. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to come up with a new nickname for... Uh... I, no one really cares. I, I was just being yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. wow. Oh, God. No, I'm kidding. I love you, Liam. Please tell everybody... Please tell everybody where they can find you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Y'all gonna make Steve Carino mad. Oh, okay, fine, fine. We're done. We're done. That's, we're that's we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, please tell everybody. What? Hang- what do you when want? You're not- when you're not hanging out in your garage, where can people continue this conversation? On the back porch. <laughs> He's still waiting for me to end the feed. They can do that too. They can do that too. Find me, God damn it! Find me on uh, Twitter, Savage Liam. Fuck off, Freeland. Holy shit. Um, uh, Savage Liam on Facebook. I don't know anymore. You know what? I'm frustrated. And Freeland, he might get a talking to after this. I don't know. 
Randy Savage was Randy Savage is my dad. Can't That's my that. fucking dad. That's my dad. My dad. Can't save it. That's my dad. God oh damn. My God. That's my dad. God damn. Okay. Oh. All right. So now we're gonna throw it here. Here we go. Duck Dynasty. What's going on, buddy? Throw it. Tell us all the who, what, when, where, and how we can watch the Cult of Beardo with you, Beardo, the Butt, and uh, Grover. That's Groberg. <laughs> wow. Groberg? Close yeah. enough. Groberg. But anyways, okay. you can uh, get a hold of me at underscore the writ, two T's, <sighs> underscore. Or you can hook us up every Thursday night, 8 o'clock, at twitch.tv backslash cult of Beardo. Great guest. Uh, great wrestling talk. And if you don't show up, I'm going to have to come there and you can get these hands. You can get these there. hands. Yeah, yeah, no. You we can got get some, these hands. You, you got hey, some. Rick, if I want to get a shirt, how do I go about doing that? If you want to call it a Beardo shirt? <laughs> if you want it free, hashtag. Uh, My finger is on the button. Just throw some DMs. I'll hook you up. Right. He'll hook you up. Awesome. And, and every hey, fan Freeland. of Cult of Beardo, just remember, like a prayer. That's all I got to say. Freeland, scoot over. Let's see the outlet. Still there. Yeah, Jay Lethal's not a big fan. What do you think about that mic mm -hmm. unit? I'm gonna plug into that wall. What his plug sitting there that high? Yeah, that plug that plug's I pretty mean, high. I don't live there. It's your, it's your house. I mean, it's that's that's your place, you know. Hey. I'm just a home record. That's all. My you, God. you just you yeah, that's right. It's you not just, like he came on me. Oh wait a minute, timeout. We got a great comment here, real quick. ECW says, I never knew Cyrus had a brother. Man, look at that. And I Panty never knew who this ECW fan was. Who's that? I don't know. Wow. I tell you what, we are. Uh... Travis Boham We're writes in. We're out of time. I, <laughs> I have to apologize, Freeland. I found an outlet that, that high in my house. Thank you, Travis. I appreciate that. If it's in the back, one like that in my garage, I think. Well, I would like to thank everybody who came in here. So ECW fan Travis Boham, uh, blah, 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 blah. Order Entertainment 2020. Thank you the so much for coming minister. in. Little psychopath, I want to thank you as well. I also want to thank Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Blaze. Uh, yeah, who else do we want to thank here? There's so many people. So the many butt. people. The butt came in, order entertained, little psychopath. I'm reading the same one. Um, Mikey Starks, but Mikey Starks won. That's yes. Mikey Whipwreck. I haven't seen that. Mikey Whipwreck stopped in. Mr. Whipwreck. Little psychopath. Uh, Mr. Butts. Yes. My, uh, Mikey Starks. Awesome. Uh, great seeing you for the first time uh, in here. Please, I hope we see you back again. And guys, listen, if you have a friend. Anton, you know, hide my dick. Anton hide my dick. Yes, he was in here as well. 
Uh, if you know of a friend who would like to, who would enjoy this this show, uh, definitely tag us and uh, tweet at us or tweet at them and say, hey, you know what you should do on Tuesday nights? You should go ahead and watch FRM Pod Live. And you should also make sure that you follow and subscribe to our Twitch channel. And also, I haven't said this in a long time. If you like what we're doing, please go over to iTunes. Let us know. Is there a favorite episode, a favorite interview, maybe a favorite star that you heard on this show? Um, Alex Reynolds from The Dark Order is going to be coming back. Um, The Rit and I are working with a Sabu Part 2. So hopefully that will be coming in the near future. Uh, As I said before, we're going to be doing more stuff with uh, Jim Molyneux. I have been reaching out and speaking with some female talent uh, that's been in the independent scene and working in AEW. Um, let me see. Johnny Hungy. We're going to try to get ourselves some Johnny Hungy as he is recovering from uh, his injury. I think that would be great. And uh, we're just going to keep we're going to keep on giving you guys great interviews, and we hope you enjoy them as much as we do producing them for you. Uh, if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me. I am at Mike Freeland on Twitter. And my DMs are always open, and so are my hands. So if you ever want to give me something for crazy, oh my god, I am willing to t- shut your mouth, shut your mouth. Or I'm, I tell you what, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make you take your shirt off. I'm oh no! No, 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 The last thing I want to say is I want to send out okay. uh, my condolences to Edge and, uh, or I'm sorry, not Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys. Uh, their father had recently passed away, and um, a very difficult time for them. So, everybody who is a fan of Matt and Jeff, please send them your condolences. Um, and also to a guy who we missed dearly this week. He's our other Canadian friend. Um, He's our he only is, Canadian friend. Yeah, that's true. I mean, hey, Cy- hey, 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 hey. Cyrus is okay, I guess. Hey. Uh, Christopher Fuck Butt, off. we love you. We love you so much. We love you so much. And um, we hope that you are back extremely soon because wrestling is not wrestling without Christopher Butt. Come back, Mr. Butt. Yes, please come back. He puts butts in seats. He does. He keeps us all in order. More than me. Once again, if you happen to find any AEW figures, I got them right here. Let me know. I'm always open, baby. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. That's all I got. Hope you guys enjoyed Tuesday night. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will catch you next time on Front Row Material. Guys, please say goodbye to everybody. Tell them goodbye. Bye. 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 Let's all get a nice wave in. Goodbye. Bye. See you guys all Thursday night. Yes, Thursday night, and catch Mike World Order tomorrow night as well. And uh, hopefully um, Liam will take his shirt off next week.